Hey, Finn. Hey, you've... Uh... Oh, that was a bit subdued. It's, it's like it's the second time we've done this, because I wasted oh. 15 minutes of our time with a bad intro. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I, I was just uh, trying to figure out uh, how, how many uh, members of the cast of the film Paparazzi had been in Michael Mann movies. Oh, God, too many. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, more than you'd think. But, Is it uh, literally uh, all of them? Uh, no, but no, I'm, it's like they bum rushed on the set of Collateral. I guess it would be. Uh, no, I, I think Collateral. Uh, uh, be the one after Collateral. Miami Vice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think this would have been being made around the time of Miami Vice. Oh, that does explain why Jamie Fox shows up uh, doing his Ricky Gervais impression. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, oh God. I just, I, all I can think about now is Miami Vice fan. Uh, <laughs> Miami Vice is, 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 is a, is a basilisk that, the, un, the, you cannot stop thinking it. All I can, anyway, what a film. Yeah. Oh, just, Michael oh, Hunter, uh, Manhunter. Just in, in your mind over and over again. I'm a and, fiend for mojitos. I'm a fiend for mojitos. I'm a fiend for mojitos. <laughs> and, and, oh, just all of, oh, oh. Anyway, uh, to, to, to stay on trend, uh, just to update the audience, this is an audio medium befo- behind Finn. Um, uh, Finn, he is playing the Michael Hunter Manhunter film, The Keep, a film yeah. that looks so cool, even though it is his second worst film. I would argue it's worse than Public Enemies, but I think most of it pretty clearly the like, bottom two. Yeah, yeah, they're the, they're the, you know, the underwear that, that are so full of holes and you're like, I should throw these away, but I inexplicably am not. And then you're like, why can't I do anything? Why can't I just have a thought and do something? Why can't I just follow an impulse? And you're looking at it, holding it, and you put it like on a chair and you're like, I could just put it in the bin or tear it into rags or like laundry or I could wear it, you know, under clothes. But you just can't. You just can't do you just can't do anything. And then you look you look down at yourself and you think. I I thought I would thrive in lockdown. But it turns out lockdown has thrived in me. Yeah. I, I, I was doing pretty good until until they cancelled the film festival, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, there's no point anymore." Yep, the world seeing no time to die, uh, but not us. Yeah, uh, and it. I, I, I was thinking like last night. You know, if, if it if it wasn't for Christians, I could be seeing no time to die, like in IMAX right now. Okay, unpack that. I, I mean, the, you, the, the, okay. the 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 the. Delta variant started spreading because of the outbreak at a Christian church. Uh, I do not. I, okay. But like the reason there is just a full blown sex oh, scene happening yep, behind there, you. There absolutely is. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so one of those Michael Mann sex scenes where they, they just, it just seems to be like just uh, one, one person with like with two bodies. Yeah, does the body rule the mind or does the mind rule the body? I don't know. Um, it is, you don't, can, can you see yourself? Because it is that, it is like you have an extra set of arms. Yeah. It, it, it is, it's like your Goro. God, just one, one second. He's just looking at some Goro more combat stuff now. Fan art. Erotic. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just one. Oh, no, that, it's, that's Goro from um, the uh, Yakuza games. Uh, okay. Goro Mortal Kombat fucking <laughs> fan art erotic. Okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat movie Goro Mega Porn Picks. Great. No posts. <laughs> Why have that section? Uh, okay. Mortal Kombat GIFs. That's on sex.com. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Okay. So this is a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is just okay. I'm disappointed because of these incredibly sexually explicit gifts of Mortal Kombat characters having sex. None, and several, several people, several of them are people having. Oh, that that's pretty funny. That that's a, a, a it is. Uh, it's two characters from Mortal Kombat having, uh, a, you know, sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has a funny ca- caption. Oh yeah. Uh, it says fucktality. Oh, oh, that's that's uh, barely oh. almost a pun. No, nah, but Finn, it is but set up for for this. There, mm. There's one beneath it uh, of of a character performing a- analingus on someone else, and it says fat astality. Slightly closer to a joke, I guess. Yeah, um, but what what I was disappointed to find out, I have closed that tab, uh, mainly because my antivirus software kept kept warning me about having it open. Um, uh, uh, thanks, Bit Defender. Um, uh, uh, is that all of the ones that seem to include Goro? Now, I've not done a big survey, but I think there are a lot of Goro with four arms, mm-hmm. like. I don't like. There's there are things you could do. Yeah, you know, and, 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 there's a lot of potential there. I know most of our audience are people who make Mortal Kombat sex content. That's what we got from looking at our analytics, and so this is a call out. Okay, so Finn, I like yes. a lot. I I don't disagree that the the major Delta outbreaks. Uh, started with 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 church uh, congregations, but I don't think we should blame Christianity for Delta. I think it's very clear that we should uh, blame selfish, greedy Americans and Britons. Um, and, uh, and I want to be sure. No, Englanders. You know, when I say Britain, I mean Englanders. Um, uh, I, I, I would just like to make the case that. Uh the the like uh, all, all those people you're talking about uh, probably also Christians. I like, very very good chances. Like Donald Trump and Boris Johnson both definitely called themselves Christians, hmm. but I believe more of the Bible's tenets than they do, and I 100% am sure there is no God afterlife, that Jesus was not magic if he existed, and yeah. that nothing matters and we are atoms and we, we, when we die, we die, you know? 
Um, uh, uh, no, it was, it was money. They chose money over people to not lock down bread viruses that, it, that ha- is now killing people across the world. But it, yeah. but it led to a great telethon. New Zealand had a telethon today um, uh, to get everyone vaxxed. We got over 100,000 people vaxxed. It, it was, and per capita, that's better than any other country's done in a day, I think. Yeah, and it was good. Did you watch any of it? No. No, but yeah, no, like, because you already, have you, where are you on your vaccination chart? Uh, I, I, got, I got both of them. No, oh, yes, we did. I've got, I've got one, um, basically, uh, because I, I booked at the time when it was like eight weeks to win thing, uh, right, eight weeks yeah. to an appointment, and then my mind froze and I did it anyway. I should be. Anyway, yeah, it's not for us. It was clearly targeted, uh, uh, at communities that don't have much vaccine uptake again yeah. because uh, they have very good reason not to trust the government. Uh, but it was just, it was like, it was everything you could want to telethon to be. It was nice. It was fun. Uh, uh, yeah, I just, it was, it was, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy. To, I'm just saying I'm happy today because we're, hi, welcome to Shine and Sound. My name is Yutha Shai. And I'm Finn Sound Nicholas. Uh, and uh, like the thing I want to do with my intro is establish I'm feeling actually pretty good. As much as we started recording two hours late because uh, of technical issues on my end, maybe not for the first time. And then I wasted nearly half an hour of our time with a terrible intro. <laughs> um, and so now it's te- it's ten p.m. Yeah. Um, and. And like we we today we watched two films. One is La Dolce Vita, which is a, a good film that I think there is a lot to talk about in both the positive and negative columns. Yeah. Um. And, and for a film that is so praised, um, uh, uh, I think it would be interesting to kind of go a bit negative on La Dolce Vita, and I was kind of ready to do it. And, and like and Paparazzi, which is a film that is at best bad. Uh, and at worst, evil, like a force for ill in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like one moment where I was like, "Yeah, okay, no, you got me that time. It's pretty good." Yeah, but it is also a film. Like it, there are very few. I would put it on a very short list of films we've watched for this podcast, which is one so that I could very easily see inspiring uh, spree killings in the real <laughs> world. Because um, obviously, after seeing the test. Uh, a lot of people uh, uh, felt really strong urges to kill anyone called Jeremy Savile. Yeah. Uh, and, and after Blood Rain 2 Deliverance, you know, set the world alight. Everyone was just looking out for blimmin' vampires in the Wild West. And now this. Yeah. Oh my God, um, that, that, and that's why Uwe had to do all those boxing matches, because people, people, people just couldn't leave him alone. Um. But I, 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 uh, that, that telethon on in the background. Great fun. Oh, uh, uh, and uh, uh, I, I had issues with my medication earlier this week for boring reasons, which left me, I've been very emotional this week. I genuinely described it earlier today uh, to Briar is that I feel, I think, what I assume being premenstrual feels like in that I am the most sensitive I've ever been and I am professionally sensitive um, and, and I'm just coming off a glow and so I think I might be quite pro these films how, how did you land on them how where's your happiness at 
What's your happiness uh, level? So I, uh, uh, I was kind of primed to uh, not enjoy La Dolce Vita this time because yeah, uh, well, because you have like because you seeing like La Dolce Vita is a long film. The one film film longer than La Dolce Vita is you trying to watch La Dolce Vita. Yeah. So I, I, I we were originally supposed to record on Thursday, then we had to push back because I couldn't get my copy of La Dolce Vita working. So then on Friday, uh, I spent the whole day trying to get uh, La Dolce Vita working again. I downloaded like four different copies and there was always some problem with it. It was either like there was some weird encoding and it wouldn't play on the thing I wanted it to play on or my airplay was uh, my airplay function was was broken or the subtitles weren't working or something. I mean, eventually at about 1030 at night, I got La Dolce Vita working this three-hour-long movie, and yeah. then uh, just as I was about to sit down and watch it, I got a 50-minute-long uh, uh, video phone call from a, a very drunk and stoned friend who wanted to uh, show you that he'd learned how to play the G chord on guitar. Yep, uh, which and, brings uh, would, us up to date now. Uh, and, uh, so would, I'm going to play and, 10 guitars. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he, he would uh, not let me hang up until I told him he was handsome. Hello and welcome to Shite and Sound, the podcast where two comedians watch one of the masterpieces of world cinema and then follow it up with a critically reviled film that is similar in some way. Maybe they share themes, plot, actors or director. We want to see if counterpointing these two films can bring out some new information or insights. On this episode, we watched number 41 on the Sight and Sound list, La Dolce Vita, Federico Fellini's expansive and sumptuous look at the life of a burned-out tabloid journalist. Our second film this week is Paparazzi, a film written by Mel Gibson's hairdresser to justify his boss's violence. Federico Fellini. Yeah. 1960. La Dolce. No, it's La. La Dolce Vita. The inspiration for the Sparks song of the same name. The inspiration for like almost every black and white fashion photo editorial Mm -hmm. of the past 50 years. Now, uh, I, I, I don't know if you know this, Yufa, but uh, uh, here is an interesting fact about Fellini. Italian. Yeah. No, 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 not many people know. No, no, no. A lot of people look at the name Federico Fellini uh, <laughs> and think he's one of the blue meanies uh, from Yellow Submarine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, he's made a bunch of films. He, he is, he's riding high. At this point, this won him the Golden Palm, the Palm Door, I believe his first, maybe La Strada. But, you know, he'd made La Strada. He'd made uh, Knights of Cabiria, Cabiria, yeah. or uh, well established. Doing well. Uh, already, like, I wonder if Fellini-esque was a term by then. Because uh, it is now, and most of the time when people talk about things being Fellini-esque, they're talking about this and Eight and a Half. Um, yeah. W- which are films that do not so much have plots 
as sequences of parties that aren't as fun as uh, they should be. Uh, uh, which I, I want to be clear is the intention within the film. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not coming for Fellini and saying like this, this air of melancholy that pervades your work. What if you did all of this but unironically? That scene where author Standen character is having his uh, maybe, maybe his first ever heart to heart with his father after his father just uh, almost had a heart attack while trying to cheat on on the main character's mother. That was supposed to be like a super fun, right? The, I, I, I was supposed to have a great time during these. I yeah, it is that my biggest. Okay, I have I have several battles with with Filmini. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, oh. Well, you better call on the Power Rangers to help <laughs> you in those battles. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 but one I have the most is not is not with him. Is like there are jokes in his, like any good film. Yeah. Uh, uh, except for a couple of notable exceptions that, that we've discussed elsewhere on this podcast. This has jokes in it, obviously, because life has jokes in it. Um, but like people talk about his work as kind of like drama, comedy, dramedy, mm. com- comedy, um, or yeah, it, it, it is in fact listed as such on Letterboxd. It is the two genres it's listed under are drama and comedy. Yeah. Wikipedia. It, 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 it's a 1960 comedy drama film, and, and this is not a diss on the film, but his films to me are, are, are like are, are, are like lilting, uh, like they're like ballads, you know. And ballads aren't necessarily sad, but like, what's the funniest ballad you can think of that doesn't involve the Coen Brothers synonym for jizzing, Buster Scruggs? Um, I, I can't really, you know, think of one. Um, uh, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Yeah, I don't think you've disproved my point with that one. Um, no, no, but Tal- Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. That, like... Richard Robert. It, it, yeah, okay, yeah. The, of... of <laughs> Look, that film is the little Nicky of Will Ferrell's career, you know, where it is like, oh, yeah, he's just going to keep doing this shit, isn't he? Yeah. And, and I. And he did. So, yeah, they, these films are long, lilting ballads. They follow uh, people uh, uh, as they encounter, like, La Dolce Vita, The Good Life, uh, this gossip reporter. Um, Marcelo, played by Marcelo, what is his surname? Mm-hmm. What I remember is that they're both Marcelos. In the movie, he's playing Marcelo Rudini, and in yeah. real life, the, the actor is Marcelo Mastriani. Uh, uh, as he drifts uh, through a week in Rome, uh, uh, encountering people, and basically, like, the reason people say that Fellini films are Fellini-esque is to get around having to log line a film as, well, there's this guy who just keeps cheating on his girlfriend. And by the way, like the end of act one is that she's committed, attempted to commit suicide. Uh, content warning, by the way. Um, and, and which is both exactly what the film is, but also immaterial to it. Yeah. Uh, Ma- Maceo, Ma- Marcello. 
Marcello. If it was Spanish, then yeah. the two L's would be a Y. My, yeah, my my brain just really just short. I looked at the yeah. name in front of me, and it just went like ma. Um, it's, it's probably because you're still thinking about Cinderella 2021 and Camila Cabello. I'm never not thinking about that film. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm thinking about it right now. At, like all of my favorite bits, <laughs> like um, um, oh, that oh, I can't say. If you've seen it, you know. If you've seen it, you know. You know. You know the the oh that. You know, oh, you, it's you, so... you, know, you, 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 you've, you've watched that part. Yeah, where they, uh, nah, it's Doc Brown rapping. I have thought about Doc Brown uh, rapping, uh, 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 in fact, and indeed. Anywho, anywho, um, and, and like, uh, Fellini, uh, like, like Godard, uh, to a lesser extent, like Renoir, uh, uh, he's one of the titans, you know. Yeah, he he's he he is. Uh, this is the first time we're we're hanging out with him, not the last. Um, uh, and justifiably so, I'd say he's only got two or three on the list, right? Because he's got uh, this yeah. and eight and a half. Yeah, yeah he, he he he's he he's just got those two in in, in the in the top hundred. Um, because he also and like the comparisons with Goddard, I think are really apt not in style and i presume they would not like each other in many ways they're like they say very similar things uh in totally opposite ways which ends up that when their films seem similar which is not not impossible they both love showing parties they are often saying the exact opposite of, (laughs) of things um but but it is is the fact that that Fellini is uh, uh, the other my argue, this is this is the, the the lens I want to look at this for, this is my proposed lens I, I'm sure you have thoughts of your own I mean you spent so long trying to say it <laughs> but like uh, like we talked about Godard uh, F- Fellini is one of is the other defining signature of what art slash international slash rip festival cinema thinks is cool. And like with good fucking reason, uh, this film, it looks so cool. Yeah. Everyone is so fucking hot. It's, crazy it's it's like miami vice where you're like it is like the i i in this podcast i i i i looked at a page of animated previews of actual pornography (laughs) combat pornography and that was like one percent as arousing as a woman and a man frolicking in a fountain in black and white or or just people just dancing or the way people stare at each other yeah. like i i have seen um god what's his name oh yeah i can't even i'd falling out like the he has blades for hands he's not edward scissorhands he's got a fucked up face freddy krueger oh. um, <clears throat> right i have seen 
with what I have seen Freddy Krueger having sex with Chun-Li from Street Fighter <laughs> with the, the caption fatality. No, it's God, fucktality above it. And like, that is not as nice <laughs> or uh, appealing, interesting. It, you know, sure. it doesn't yeah. flood my basement as much as the beginning of this film where Marcello meets a woman at a bar and is like, uh, how are you? And she's like, terrible. Would you like some vodka? And she's like, no, I'm going to leave. And he's like, can I leave with you? And it's like, oh, yeah, it's just the hot. And they just smolder and they look at each other. And it is in this anamorphic black and white that is lit like uh, uh, like daylight noir. It is, oh, it's so hot, right? Yeah. And, and I think the problem with this film, as much as I'm in a good mood and I like it, is that this film is not endorsing any of this. The name is clearly ironic. Yes. Because everyone is desperately unhappy. We are perpetually reminded of that. Everyone is desperately trying to find affection and failing or meaning, affection or meaning closeness to themselves or others and when they fail they either die or kill themselves and their kids content warning (laughs) and yet when you look at this film because it's so programmed into the dna i've seen so many people styled like all of these people Mm. that are so hot it has actually spoiled the film. And that's not the film's... Not, not, it's, I'm not going to say it is shite. You know? yeah, yeah. This film uh, uh, is better than Christopher Columbus, The Discovery. Um, but it makes it weird to watch now. Because it kind of ends up feeling superficial, right? I mean, like... I mean, I think we sort of live in an era where, like, every film that tries to critique society ends up seeming superficial because society is so obviously broken now that that like all, that all the old critiques you're like, yeah, no, we know that everyone is unhappy. We we know that there is nothing left of culture except for empty spectacle, and we're just force fed the same empty spectacle over and over over again. That stuff is like inescapable now. So you're like. It's the same thing with like watching the seventh seal, where mm. we're like, you know, all, all this existential despair. We all just do that now. It's fine. It's yeah. it's, it's built in. Yeah, yeah. We we live in uh, end times. You know, well because it is like I prefer eight and a half. I don't think that's controversial, but I do think they're clearly of his films that I've seen, which I've definitely seen that. And oh god, what was his first one? What was the one he did when he was like fucking 30. Jesus, come on. Are you talking about La Strada? Yes, La Strada. Right. Uh, and and uh, he was 34 when he made La Strada. Cool. So, so he got so, 11 months. Yeah. Uh, is that I've seen a couple of his later films. I saw them. A cinema in Edinburgh was doing a season of them when I was there. So I went uh, and I cannot remember their names. And that was between letterboxed accounts (laughs) um 
but but they are at the like the Goddard comparison continues because as his career went on he was like oh you like this i'm just going to do more and more of this and like they are films that are uh, decadent spectacles uh, uh, about how uh, rich people are unhappy but they are more disjointed there is very little often at the center of them they end up being about um they end up essentially being sequences of events and like they look great. Um, but it is, but like La Dolce Vita and eight and a half are kind of the nexus of that where he perfects it. And it is pretty perfect, but like the thing that they both have, the, the other would that they both have that I think makes them the clear peak of his work. And I'm not coming for Felmini, you know, like, his other films are eights, and that's no bad. These yeah, are his yeah. two tens. Um, is is I kind of feel almost counterintuitively his understanding of character because um, Marcello, uh, the author stand-in, played Marcello, played by Marcello, the guy, the man we follow through the sweet life of Rome, does not. His arc is internal. He doesn't really exchange. This is not a film which starts with him being like, oh, I just, I'm too nice to people and end with him being like, I'm going to kill that paparazzi that said I gained weight. No, it, it really ended sense. with him knowing that he could kill the paparazzi if he wanted to. <laughs> He's going to kill that paparazzi. <laughs> like, that that ending is <laughs> one of the most sinister endings of a film. And I'm including our pitch for the remake of Night of the Demon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my, my like, favourite sinister ending to a movie where, where it turns out that like, the main character hasn't learned anything is the ending to the Scott Adkins film Accident Man, which is a movie where he plays an assassin who specializes in killing people in ways that make it look like they committed suicide or like just had a f- bad fall or something. And uh, it's a lower tier Scott Adkins, Jesse V. Johnson collaboration, but there's a lot of fun stuff in it. It ends with Scott Adkins character, putting on a leather jacket, getting on a motorbike and giving a voiceover monologue about how he has not learned anything and won't change. I mean, driving off into the distance. It's uh, it's uh, real good. I highly recommend it. Um, I am not going to watch. Uh, maybe I will. It's, it, no, it's good fun. It's got, it's got Michael just, J. White in it. Great. Yeah. We, I would be as into Scott Adkins as you are. Like he's, he's an undeniable talent. Yeah. He can fight. He can, you know, be charismatic on screen, which is equal to, but distinct from acting. Um, and, and that, again, not a diss. Yeah. Just, yeah. just a semantic clarification. But I do, I think this illustrates a real difference between us is that you trust professional angry fighter Scott Adkins to not be a beast in real life. Whereas I look at, you know, I just think the moment I see a man punch a bowling ball out of the (laughs) air and it explode and my adrenaline spikes like Eva 2 is wielding a progressive knight in the Neon Genesis Evangelion opening credits, um, my brain immediately goes, God, that's so cool. He's definitely terrible to women. (laughs) Whereas you're like, ah, I like his YouTube channel. And it's a a good good YouTube YouTube channel. channel. 
But and, and like as we know, if you're on YouTube, you've done nothing wrong. Yeah. I can't think of a single YouTuber who is. Oh, sorry. I just need to turn my phone on. Uh, I just realized I'd turned off BuzzFeed news alerts for the past 10 years. And I, oh, no. So at the center of La Dolce Vita, a film that is about events and feelings, not people, there is a person. There, there As I've said, there's, Ma- God, Marcelo. Marcello. Marcello. God, why is it? It just fucks with me. I do not know why. It is because we're the keep. It's on behind you, and there's just some real good posing. And I keep there. there, It's one of the scenes with the Nazis, which, if you haven't seen the keep, is every scene. So I just keep getting flashes of swastikas. Yeah. (laughs) Which really, like, yeah. What's going on? I do appreciate you using your head to anyway, um, uh, uh, who is clearly the author insert character or the viewpoint character. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, but he is a like what I think makes this film work in, in a way that his others with the exception of eight and a half don't all the way is, is not, who Marcello is, but what he allows us to see in ourselves. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, so like so much of the success of this film is looking at Marcello, who is a deplorable man, uh, uh, wasting his life and, and being cruel, distant and dismissive. Like it starts with him trying to cheat on his girlfriend and ends uh, with him. It starts with him succeeding at cheating on his girlfriend. Oh, oh he, no, he, he, like, does a, he does a fantastic job at it. Oh, oh yeah. No, I just mean that like, he, he, it's a plan, yeah. you know, yeah. it's not, this is not a film about someone who just keeps happening to fall in bed with people. Um, uh, it, it's about someone who's, who's, there are, he's on. He's he's looking. He's he's scouting for trim, Finn. Yeah, is he friends with Leonardo DiCaprio? Because this guy's a one man pussy posse. Uh, 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 is this guy friends no, with? Don't like what I said. Leonardo DiCaprio, because Lucas has a problem <laughs> with cheating. Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire or not Toby Maguire. The answer is C, Andrew Garfield. Um, not even a good joke. Uh, also, also just a bad choice. Out of those two, though. Like, I mean, if, if, are we talking about like whole careers or are we talking about them as Spider-Man? I like. Uh, uh, Andrew Garfield is, I think, unironically good. In Amazing Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 4, I guess. Spider-Man 4, The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. He is just, you know, he it's it's a real Evan Hansen, what is this 40-year-old man doing yes, in a school, yeah. staring at women, staring at teen women scenario. And, like, the second one, it's Daisy Ridley in, in Star Wars uh, 9, where the... They did not have a finished script. This character has a massive arc that is the film, mm. 
and the actor never got told it and then was recut around it and so it they just seemed lost but it's yeah. not their fault you know i i like they're bad spider-man films they're not the best spider-man film which is of course uh i'm gonna say mother uh which, which one M- mother or mother oh mother you know yeah because Javier Bardem, you know, he could be Doc Ock. Oh, I, I thought you were going to. I you were saying he, he's like Spider Man in that because he has so many quips. He's he's just so funny in that. Yeah, well, there is. He's just a real like. He's just a real like working class guy with a great sense of humor in that movie where he plays a god as an abusive artist. One hundred percent, Finn. Oh, what a good movie. And I like. I think it's generally uncommented on uh, across Darren Aronofsky's body of work, which is you know largely uh, beautiful meditations on how the central flaw in all of our lives is that we are humans, and humans are driven to destroy themselves and each other. Yeah. Is that he? He also. You know, he's like Tarantino. He's like Sorkin. Every line's a gag. Yeah. Um, and it's so rapid fire. It is. Uh, no one will ever remember. No one can ever forget. If you've, if you've not seen Pi, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think there, there, there's no better way it, to it's, encapsulate yeah, it. it. It's like an episode of the thick of it. Well, it, like. I, I don't think I've laughed more than when um, Mark Margolis is the, I believe, unnamed lead of, of yeah, Pi. Yeah, no, I, I believe the lead is unnamed. Yeah, uh, 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 driven to madness, uh, uh, purchases uh, a drill, um, and, and he goes to the to the hardware store, and there, uh, and he's like, uh, can, "Can I find something for like fast fast screwing?" And they're like. Like into what? And he goes like, Look, let's say bone. And they're like, you're <laughs> drilling into bone? And he's like, oh, yeah, drill. That's it. I want that. And, and, and the person is like, do you know the drill? And he's like, yeah, I know the drill. I want a drill. And, and he goes like, no, do you, you know the drill for bones isn't a drill? And he's just like, no, but if it's a drill for bones, I know the drill. It's a drill for bones. I don't bone me on a drill. Then he uh, puts it into his head and gives himself a fontanelle. It's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Only one part of that is from the actual film. Uh, And that is people (laughs) saying, don't bone me on this. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't bone me on this drill. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen La Dolce Vita several times. Uh, Each time I've enjoyed it, I have seen it on a big screen, I've seen it on a medium screen, and I have watched it uh, on my phone late at night because I can't sleep, and I'm doing a podcast about it. Uh, And and each time I have enjoyed it, uh, uh, obviously it's good, but I could, uh, I, I know what happens in the film generally and i know right now i know specifically that's because i have the wikipedia page open but i could not i couldn't tell you a line from this film and that's Uh, not a and that's not yeah i i i i think i remember about one line and it's because when i heard it i was like oh yeah like 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 in the forest of love (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, of course. And, uh, Felmini and Sion Sona Soundbar uh, have a lot. They do like. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah. Fel- uh, it's the party at the castle in the last third of the film. Yeah, yeah. Where, One where, of the where, few bits of the film done on location. Mm. This film has a lot more sets than it seems. In the scene where Marcello is reunited with Madalena played by Anouk Amy, the one he sleeps with in the, in the like, first uh, scene. Yeah. They've like met up at this party, and they're confessing their love for each other and talking about how sad and broken they are. And while she is confessing her love to him, she also just uh, starts talking about how she's just a slut, and l- l- life has passed her by, and now she'll never be anything but a slut. And, and then another man comes along, and, and she, she, she just starts making out with that guy. And the one... You know, last shot that the the of them had to uh, potentially be happy uh, is just fully gone because uh, they're uh, uh, weak cowards who who can never uh, who, who who can never rise above uh, their, their, their their own uh, worst impulses. And I was like, oh yeah, I can see on Sona. Well, and, and like in everyone, because this was supposed to be my way of pitching us talking about the plot. <laughs> But, but we like we've kind of admitted that we can't, and mm. also like focusing on the plot is kind of it's it's like a series of parties that mm. are both extravagant, intoxicating, and also deeply sad and lonely. Yeah. Um. Uh, 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 in a way that feels more lost now because we are so used to them looking cool. So it is the the power of the cool of them is so high that the way Fellini undercuts them and like some of the ways he undercuts them, like at the end, the final party where they kind of semi break into some guy's house and possibly some time has passed. Maybe it's not at the same time as the rest of the film where he's just Marcello, Marcello, no, not even a swastika this time. Um, Marcello, is just desperately hitting on everyone there uh, uh, and and just becoming more and more desperate. And it ends with him riding a woman like she's a horse after she's degraded herself with with a kind of both invigorating and depressing striptease, which is like, that's... Like, self-evident. Stripteases <laughs> are both of those things. No, that... that no, that, that, that joke... Is too dismissive to sex workers. I've just, I've only ever, I've never experienced a striptease in person. And so my whole knowledge of like stripteases is from, from trashy films and mainly from art films where they are moments of like horrific low points. Yeah. Like, 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 like a Nashville. So, yeah, my my love for art film and and just general nervousness about the optics of someone who looks like me going into a strip club uh, 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 mean that my entire knowledge of of stripping is uh, much more bittersweet than I think it's intended to be. So, yeah, what's your fin? What's your, obviously, your magic mics and hustlers. Yeah. Um, So I'm talking about Hustler Magazine. Showgirls. I have not seen Showgirls. Oh, you, it's pretty fun. You, you I, yeah, I, I get like one day. 
I, yeah. I like I'm I I have like I've I've not not seen it. I just haven't yet. So I I'm asking you two questions. Uh, when I when I look at when I look at Marcello and I see myself, mm. and not because I have done any of the things he's done, but because I have felt his way and I understand him. And what I take away from this film is that it is this man meeting other people who feel like him, and the difference is how they respond to it. Uh, and so, yeah, my two questions are, one, Finn, what, what do you see when you look at Marcello? And two, uh, what is your experience of strip teasers? Uh, I'm going to answer those questions in reverse order. To answer the strip tease question, uh, then you put in the sound of the EKG flatlining again. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, and uh, pull back to a bit we cut. And yeah. once again, I don't like when the first time you had an EKG noise, it was because I had asked you a question that made you feel very sad unintentionally. And I do apologize, I wanted to make you feel awkward. I didn't want to make you understand the difference, please. I'm cool, right? I'm cool, <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't, I don't think, I don't. I don't think it's bad to not have much strip 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 teaser experience. Yeah, no. If, if, if you're asking me if I've ever been to a strip club, uh, no, yeah. I haven't. Uh, I, I I always uh, say uh, no, no, thank you. When other comedians are like, "Hey, let's go to a strip club. That'd be great." Yeah. Say, no, that seems uh, it seems like uh, exactly not my sort of thing. I, I will admit that part of me asking is, hey, because I, I think, it, you know, uh, I, I did a big emotional thing about Mar- Marcello, you know, speaking to the film and, and then I, 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 you know, I did the sacred and the profane like Fellini does. But I did also kind of 60% assume that just knowing you and y- your great ability to be to, uh, to, to be part of social groups and have many clusters of friends uh, uh, uh I just assumed that at some point a bunch of boisterous boys had dragged you along to a strip club and you had a story about that. And uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it would be fine if you did. I'm not saying you're lying. People, people have, people have tried. Oh yeah. And and that's, that's usually the the point of the night where I uh, go home. Mm. But uh, people have tried a lot, a lot of times to get me to go to a strip club. Uh, and that, that, that's fine. Um, like, uh, I guess. Uh, oh, like, <laughs> no, just to get again, to, to switch from profane to sacred. Like my problem with strip clubs is not that they exist. It's just like, I'm so bored of men staring at women and like, like that's like fucking cutthroat market. There must be some great strippers, you know, <laughs> like the emergence of pole dance is a legit art form uh, is it, it, a net positive. M- my issue would be being in a room of men staring. Yeah, because I would want to be I would want to make it clear that I was doing it in like a like a artsy inquisitive, but not mm. shaming. Like I was doing it because it was interesting and not, I'm not denying that it would be arousing, you know, but I would be, I'm not just, you know, I have to, I have to be doing it in a cool way, 
Yeah. You know, like watching La Dolce Vita and then just, just thinking a lot about all of the people in it and how attractive they are, which is like for the universe, the same thing, you know, I just, I don't, I'm so what I'm saying is, is that, that if, if these groups of, I presume boisterous boys, um, uh, when, when they're like, Hey Finn, let's go down to strip shack. Um, I, I think they see in you uh, uh, a, a staring normie, which I'm not. And in conclusion, no, um, I the, think the, I'm they, better they, than they, you. They, they specifically do it uh, because they know that, uh, uh, that, that uh, even the suggestion of it would uh, make me uncomfortable. I... Oh, <sighs> I don't, I, and, and so my response to that in this already distended bit is, is that I have to make clear then, once again, I am lumped in with a group of boisterous boys performing an act for easy gratification, but instead of watching uh, 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 people take off their clothes, it's mildly irritating and <laughs> annoying you. Yeah. And I want to say that I do it. I I want to be clear. I'm t- in, in a, like a knowing way, like an interest. I'm not. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, it's like sort of ironic, you know. And, and it's a bit arousing. To me. it's like, but what I do instead is I do a podcast with you. When you look at La Dolce Vita, when you look at Filmini, when you look at Marcello, and when you look at everyone in La Dolce Vita, and I want to be clear that I think all of those four things are kind of the same thing. Like what? Yeah, what do you get out? What do you get out of it, Finn? What do you see? I mean, um, when I see Fellini films, which are, I have now seen this twice, and I've seen uh, I've seen eight and a half once. Yeah, obviously, I see like these like incredibly uh, cool and hot people living empty lives. But my my like main my main takeaway always is like the level of horny that these people are operating at constantly just seems unconscionable to me. I, I I I don't I don't know how I don't know how it gets that bad for someone. I don't, I don't know how all these hot people are so fucking horny all the time that they just ruin themselves because of it. Hey, to me, yes, uh, and, and not to disagree with you at all. But I think uh, I think what Fellini is trying to capture is chemistry, uh, uh, which in film ends up as what like personal chemistry, like. Um, at which end up, which is very hard to represent in films, so it ends up as either everyone is just very horny, or yeah. the worst option, which is stalking. Um, I, I I think a lot of romantic comedies where you're just like, this film's just about stalking, yeah. Um, or is like, is people attempting to recapture uh, uh, what chemistry feels like? But that's not like. That, that's not to rebut. But do you, like, yeah, where do you sit? With, like, where do you sit with La Dolce Vita? Like, what I, mean, do you, I, like, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's clearly a great film and good fun, but I don't like love it. It's not like at the top of my list, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, same. Like, I, I, I don't really connect emotionally at all with, 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 with Fellini. I, I, I like what he's doing. And I, I love how his films look. I love 
how hot everyone is in them. I love that his films are about people living empty lives because I'm like, hey, I do that as well. I find them more like technical and artistic achievements than like particularly intellectually stimulating. Yeah. Which I, I think th- th- this film wants to be. Uh, yes. And I think that is, I absolutely agree on all points. And, and I think like my answer to that statement of why, why is it so hard to love Feline Filmini? Um, when he, when he, like the, like La Dolce Vita is transparently excellent. Like, uh, uh, every scene, like it looks great. All the performances are great. The writing is spectacular. Uh, the music is good. Like this film is nearly three hours, but if you tune into it and it is very easy to tune into, like it, it, it it goes along it it it, it is long but does not feel long mm. uh to the point where like when i was when i was watching it um uh i was like oh there was there's a quick quick beginning it begins with a, a statue of jesus being helicoptered and yeah, uh, so, yeah it, 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 every time i see that opening i'm like oh i'm going to love this film this is this this is this is fun Oh, yeah. The the way we meet Marcello is that he's following it in in the press helicopter where where, yeah. pap- where paparazzi from whence we get the name uh, who's a photographer uh, he's a paparazzi but well, yeah, his, his 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 name's paparazzo yeah sorry but, yeah. paparazzo who is a paparazzi yeah paparazzo the paparazzo um is taking photos and like the the Marcello's introductory beat is that there's a bunch of women in bikinis um, sunbathing uh, on a roof and, yeah. and they, they, they 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 see the helicopter carrying the statue of jesus and they're like hey it's jesus and they start, they start waving at jesus and then he pulls up in his helicopter and he just starts shouting at them like give me your phone numbers <laughs> yeah i would like to call you <laughs> And but, but but he's in a helicopter, so they can't hear him. And 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 so it's just like him wordlessly shouting at them, and them saying, "Is he asking for our phone numbers?" Yeah. Uh, and, and then he go he goes to a party at a club. Uh, he he hits on the woman. They go outside, and at, at that point, I was like, "I forgot this film moves so quickly. Yeah. We've gone, we've gone, we've gone so far and it feels like, like this is the first five minutes. And I looked at the time and it's the first 25 minutes of the film. Like it just knows on, on, on like the craft of like the shot. Everyone is working at the top of their skills. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it, it has like the, 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 I, I had the exact opposite moment it, it, while, while I was watching Paparazzi today, where I, I paused like half an hour in, thinking, "Oh, I'm like, I'm like 50 minutes through this." And I, I saw it was like 31 minutes. I was like, I, I, "I'm not sure I can handle the rest of this 80 minute long movie." Uh, I had the opposite experience of your experience of paparazzi, which is that while I was watching it, uh, you know, I needed to go do something momentarily. And I was like, there's going to be so much fucking more of this film. And I paused it and there was three more minutes. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Oh, thank God. So did you um, like pause when he was talking to Matthew McConaughey? No, it was, ju- it was, it was uh, just before that, the showdown, the showdown 
in in his house. Oh, okay. At, at the end, the three uh, when when Farina bursts in. Yeah. It, so my my point being, yeah, La Dolce Vita especially, and Felmi, Felmini generally, it, like huge for a reason. Except, mm. like it, you cannot argue with them being great. But he is a very definitionally for me. And I feel like a lot of people, a filmmaker you appreciate rather than love. Yeah. Um, uh, and he makes films that you know are good rather than like, like I would, I'd never be like, oh, you've got to watch La Dolce Vita. But if someone was like, should I watch La Dolce Vita? I'd be like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think uh, I think the, the the like one that that I really really want to get to is this film Fellini Satyricon, uh, because that that is a film that my that my granddad brings up all the time in, in like 1969 or whatever when that movie came out. Oh, me, me me and your grandmother we went to see that in the theater and she 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 made me walk out of it because 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 it, it was so horrible. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, I want to see this movie that made my grandmother angry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great business. A, the perfect reason to see a film. <laughs> yeah. So when I when I went to see Uncut Gems in the cinema, there was an old couple angrily cam, cam, had come out of another screening of it, angrily cam, complaining about how much everyone was shouting and how stressful and, and shaky it was. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is going to be good shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that film starts essentially with uh, bone breaking through skin and then a colonoscopy. <laughs> so it is like, <laughs> it's like the high points uh, uh, of of both like Double Lover and the, sus- <laughs> the Susperia in one move, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and, and I was like, oh yeah, no, yeah. if... if it, if you were an elderly, sc- nice Scots couple in wool jumpers, this film would dis- like <laughs> this is antimatter to you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There, there, there is almost nothing that makes me want to see a film more than like than like normal people getting mad at it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, God, I've I have never heard a statement I've agreed with more that I've not thought myself. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Holy shit. I've seen so many people recently getting mad at the idea of the new Ridley Scott film, The Last Duel. Yeah. Just like the fact that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have those haircuts, it just is making some people insist. Like, how, how, how can Ridley Scott expect me to take this movie seriously when these people have these crazy haircuts? And like, I don't, like, I, I've, I've not, not seen the film yet, but uh, have you seen like any Ridley Scott films? He thinks people in positions of power fucking suck shit. He thinks for a bunch of uh, dumb idiots who who get everyone killed for stupid reasons. Mm, I I don't know. I'm thinking back on Prometheus and Prometheus's <laughs> hero Guy Pearce in old age makeup. <laughs> yeah, now I'm thinking back on uh, Alien Covenant and that, and that film's uh, hero, uh, the uh, the robot who goes insane and commits a planetary <laughs> genocide. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking back on and, Gladiator and, uh, and, and becomes Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, I'm thinking back, <laughs> thinking back on Gladiator. Thinking of you know old uh, uh, think, thinking of it. Uh, think, thinking about uh, inbred incestuous uh, emperor who's uh, yeah. 
Who's a, who's a coward and a weakling. And, and of course, the hero of matchstick men, <laughs> the concept of fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and I, what yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for the last duel. That movie's going to rule. To to complete the thought I started with, um, so long ago, I think the reason Fellini feels this way is as an object to be admired and appreciated, rather than something to be deeply felt and loved, is because of his place in the canon it it is indisputable like that that these films had impact at the time la dolce vita was banned or something like it or it was condemned by the catholic church on its first release in italy yeah and i believe the italian government like tried to move against it yeah uh but like that that record that 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 didn't really pan out because then they had years of berlusconi essentially just doing a massive lap of it uh Um, yes uh except he didn't except like berlusconi was just having a great time the whole time he 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 never got to the like existential malaise part he was just like, oh, great, An- another bunga bunga party? <laughs> awesome. I, I think I'm, I have I'm, to... I'm, look, look, you, I see where you're going, and I'm just going to say, uh, don't try and humanise Silvio Berlusconi to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think by and large it's bad to turn other people into, in, into sort of inhuman monsters in, in your mind. <laughs> But uh, I'd say we get like one or two every couple of years. Yeah, the, these films were a sensation and sensational. Like yep. that, that they were big. It, it, it like the, there are films that have won the Palm Door where I'm like, nah. But also, and like, there's a real problem with racism uh, at, at Cannes and, and sexism, obviously. But like. And this one, the Palm Door, like that, that means something, and that means it had impact at the time, yeah, and and, and justifiably so. But because he's so big, and because you recognise part of the hotness and coolness of this film is recognising it and and its roots, you know, infecting so many other things you've seen. But because it feels so familiar. And as you've said, it feels so kind of rote in what it's saying. Like, we know everyone at a party is sad. Like, uh, like the way you can remake La Dolce Vita now is with that they don't know I'm dot, dot, dot meme of the person in the corner at a party. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, or or the, an X, that XKCD comic of loads of different people on a submarine all thinking, look at all these sheep, I'm the only <laughs> smart person. Um, and that, again, that's not a diss. It, it is just that time has been cruel and he has been canonized. And, and the, the, the only thing I don't believe in uh, more more than saints is time that's almost profound right like oh, that's what it's, 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 it's getting there uh, <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say you know give it a couple of weeks workshop it Finn uh, I, I propose an addition to our ritual 
Yeah. Uh, uh, we we have we have passed judgment. We have looked. We have gazed upon the Felmini and chosen with he is shite sound and or euphonious are current four categories. We haven't done a worse than shite, right? Not yet. Uh, I don't believe no. so. Well, like crash, like uh, and crash, uh, and Neil Breen and Uve. Um, I think uh, uh, we should talk, we should very quickly uh, after we have introduced our perpetually ranked lists of all the films, we should say where it stands. So, I have La Dolce Vita ranked out of all of the films we have watched so far for this podcast, plus Force Majeure, at number 54. Oh, yeah. In front of Big Trouble in Little China, but behind 12 Monkeys. Where does it rank for you? Uh, I have it at uh, number 39, uh, 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 ju- just behind Big Trouble, Big Trouble in Little China, <laughs> and, and just ahead of Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, your life will be better for seeing this film. Yeah. It just won't be changed. Check it out. Um, but, yeah, it's great. Everyone knows it's great. It is one of the most universally praised films that it exists. It is. Uh, and but, 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 but you know what, Ethan? What, Finn, what? Not, what is not, not, not everyone, not everyone loves this film. Some what? people, some people have given it a half star out of a potential five stars on Letterboxd. Splat. Finn, that was all the coffee I'd had in my mouth because I took yeah. a giant sip. I, what a surprise. I, would, would, you, would you like to hear one of these half-star reviews? Look, I need to complete my quintuple take. But yes, please share with me. So th- this, uh, this is from Letterbox user Ben Lott. I have tolerated the other Fellini films I have seen. They aren't exactly my cup of tea, but I had no active dislike for any of them. That ends with La Dolce Vita. Because I despise this film. That does sound film. like the beginning of an action film, right? <laughs> like, that is Liam Neeson yeah. sitting in a cinema saying that out loud to a camera, right? It is a meandering mess of vignettes that surround the life of a loser. It's kind of hard for me to express how much I hated the main character of this film as he was just a loathsome cad with no relatable qualities. He stumbles his way through one pointless interaction after the next, none of which amount to much of anything. That, that, that is with the exception of the murder-suicide thing, which is mentioned briefly and then brushed under the rug, as if it were just another wacky moment that happened in this jerk's week. I cannot fathom why I'm supposed to care at all about anything in this movie, as it plods along at a snail's pace. Now, that, 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 that thing about the murder-suicide, is uh, kind of one of one of the most like wrenching five minutes that I've ever seen in a movie, where one of the main character's friends has killed himself and his children uh, yeah. be- because uh, uh, because like he, he just Steiner, feels who's a philosopher and writer, yeah, yeah, he he is just so trapped by by his own inadequacies and by the emptiness of of the life that he lives and the future that is available to his children that he just decides to end it all for everyone and. 
And, and so the uh, and, and, except and, for his wife, who Marcello has to comfort and protect from paparazzo, the yeah, paparazzi, because uh, she, she 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 was away on a on a trip when the murder suicide happened. Yeah, and so uh, uh, and and so all of all of the uh, all of the tabloid journalists in the city are waiting for the bus that she is going to catch. Uh, 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 waiting for the bus that she is going to get off of. And it is just this absolutely horrifying scene of this woman getting off the bus and seeing one person who she knows, and but, but otherwise being completely surrounded by a, by like a bunch of strange men who are encircling her and taking her picture and shouting at her, and she doesn't know why. And then, I mean, like slowly over like a minute or so, kind of like realizes from like kind of context clues that. Her children are dead. Her mm. husband is dead, and 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 the, the, these these like these fucking slimeball men around her are trying to like capture the image of her despair when she learns that her that her entire family has been wiped out. Like it is, like and, and the, the, the like point of it is it is it is just another part of this fucking week. That's how much his life sucks. But it is also. It, if this film has a, you know, if you could break the different bits of this film into plots, yeah. there, there is a whole school of like how this film revolves around the number seven, about how it's in seven parts with intermezzo right. and, and, and stuff. And like, uh, I don't 100% buy it because I think that is attempting to take water and work out how it is ice and that you're not wrong. It's just not really the thing to be looking at. But uh, of those, of the plot that repeats, because he meets Steiner at a church, uh, Steiner uh, plays on the organ. It's great. Yeah. He, he then later he sees Steiner at, uh, at, a, at a party yeah. Uh, and Steiner, and up until this point, like Steiner is great. We're having a great time with Steiner. Steiner seems to be the one person who doesn't really have problems. He's kind yeah. of the first person who, who, when Marcello is talking to him, hasn't been like, so here's everything that's wrong. And Marcello obviously looks up to him. They're, they're, Marcello is writing a, a, a novel kind of, I think to to be to to become like Steiner, but yeah. at this party, Steiner is like, I do not. I am so sad. I do not know how to live in a way that's commensurate with my values. Everything yeah. is falling um, apart. And uh, I I I I I pretend to love my wife and children because yeah. that's because that's all I can do. But it, but it, it, even that cannot last forever. And, and then. We find out he has has killed him himself and his children, and it is very upsetting because this this is I yeah as as I said I couldn't tell you a line from this film yeah. uh, I couldn't even really give you a scene to scene breakdown but I I'm not looking at Wikipedia right now you know I'm just I'm just looking at your lovely face and uh, Johnny Cage fighting behind you um, uh, Finn has put up uh, uh, an episode of Charlie Brooker's Games Wipe uh, now that uh, the Oh my God! The keep has finished. Yeah. Just to keep everyone playing along at home, 
uh, uh, synchronized. No, we are not releasing this. I needed to anyway. Um, no, absolutely not. But it is like if there is if there's a plot to this film and there isn't. But if there was, it would be Steiner. It's yeah. not, and especially because. As I have well, and with the arc that Marcello currently has in the film, that moment is sort of a climax. That, that is the like, lowest moment of, of, of his life, of, of his profession. That whole sequence is him realizing, I cannot live with, I, like, I, I cannot continue to live this way and act like everything's like, good and normal. It's when things go bad. Yeah. Um, and, and like they've already been bad, but also, like, yeah, my reading of this film is that this film is about how. Uh, we are all alone, and we all think we are alone in being alone. Even I think I am alone in being alone, even though I know we are all together in being alone. Yeah. And, and that our lead character meets another person who is a mirror image of him, but as he aspires to be, and sees that that person is also alone and also in pain, is like... Steiner isn't an incidental shocking detail. He's the whole fucking film. No, the whole hmm. fucking film is them pranking about in that fountain, which is oh mwah. um hmm. I I just in response to that review that reacted oh, to uh, it. That, 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 that's that's the first paragraph. Holy shit. Okay, sorry, continue. I apologize yeah. for the long digression. Oh no, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's okay. I, I I wanted to have a digression there. This is where someone is dying to talk to me about all the symbolic messaging and themes that La Dolce Vita expertly lays out for me and how dumb I am for not seeing them. You'll say it's a brilliant morality tale, an epic satire of the spiritual mo- of the spiritual malaise of modern society, the perfect merging of art and life, or some other grandiose claim that impresses upon me why I should appreciate Fellini's work. Well, oh, is oh, this oh. a review? Is this a review of La Dolce Vita or a review of Straw Man's? It, it's a remake of Straw Dogs, but anyway, I'll be honest. In the grand scheme of things, I am pretty dumb. I'm willing to own that fact because I'm wrong about things frequently. However, anytime someone comes at me with that kind of defensive language, I'm quick to respond that a movie has to hold up as a narrative to deliver those messages effectively for me. Beams and symbols are amazing tools, but they have to be latched onto a story that makes me want to explore them. I cannot remember the last time I watched a movie and checked to see how much time was left more than I did with La Dolce Vita. I think I was about 15 minutes in when I first pushed the info button to see how long I would be enduring the slog of a film. As the hours started to pass, I checked repeatedly, and like a kid in the backseat of a car on a long road trip, I would say, are we there yet? It can't be that much longer. It felt like an eternity that I was watching, and I genuinely did doze off for a couple minutes at one point. Not that I missed anything of consequence, since there are no consequential things in this film. Boring isn't a strong enough word for La Dolce Vita. This movie gave me a whole new perspective on boredom, and I couldn't even distract myself playing Candy Crush or something more productive because I had because I had to watch in order to read the subtitles. As I wrap up my thoughts on the Dolce Vita, I think this is a good moment to remind everyone reading this uh, that opinion on film is entirely subjective, as it is with any art form. However, many of us derive a sense of self from our opinions on art. What we love is a vital piece of who we are. As such. When I lambast a film with this kind of vigour, I know there are people who feel personally offended or they want to clap back at me for being wrong. 
It is almost painful when someone hates that which you love. So let me say, all of these problems that I expressed exist between me and this piece of art. The film and my taste mix like oil and water. But that doesn't mean I think less of you if you love it. In fact, it has ridiculously high ratings on, on almost every movie website, so I'm the one in the minority here. I hated La Dolce Vita, and I can't say I understand why it is beloved. Thankfully, I'll never have to watch it again. That's a good final paragraph. Yeah. That is entirely incongruent with the review that goes before it. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, 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 I, I want to say two things uh, in response to it. One uh, is that all of those things, uh, that the, this, uh, what is their name? I apologize. Uh, ben, uh, ben Lott. The, the Lott here, the, uh, Ben Lott, uh, that Benjamin, a lot of, lot of takes, uh, presumptuously predict as what people are going to come back with saying about how this is a great film of symbolism, a th- synthesis of art and life. And uh, none of them strike me as particular defenses of this film uh, because th- this film is not metaphorical. <laughs> this is a film that starts with a metaphor and ends with a metaphor. It starts with uh, a monster dying on a beach and uh, Jesus flying into Rome. But between that, it is about people uh, that Mm. we follow. Uh, I don't think you can argue, like, like when they're in the castle, it's not like the castle is a communist Russia, you know, it it, it no. is not like Spirited. Like if that was, if he put that in a review of Spirit of the Beehive, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Like <laughs> I get it. Like I can understand being annoyed by metaphors, but being like, I don't like this and pretentious people will be angry at me. Like you, I've already done it in this podcast. Maybe we've kept it in, we've cut it, but you, you often, and I thank you for it, catch me on my ability to, to like something and then come up with a reason not to like it. Yes. Uh, and this is someone um, not liking something and then coming up with a reason to be offended. Um, and also, and, and like the re, yeah, I just don't, I don't know who is making that argument about La Dolce Vita. Um, you are just annoyed by pretentious people because you have decided that film, which is a container should only be narrative, which is a, a thing you put in a container. Like I would be annoyed if my lunch wasn't a sandwich, if I decided that lunch is only sandwiches, yeah, you know? And also, like, uh, uh, I'll just say this unrelatedly. Um, I wrote a play once. Uh, I hope to do it again, uh, but I'm, I'm in therapy to make that happen. Um, but uh, uh, called uh, The First 7,500 Days of My Life, which was uh, about a nerd who has obsessively categorized his life, well, their life, because uh, it can be played by actors of either gender. But anyway, because uh, uh, I'm cool and hip. Like, and that was, in like, that was like six years ago before, before men were good. So I was like, 
I was cool. Um, uh, uh, and in doing that, they have blinded themselves to uh, the world around them. And they've hurt people because of that. Uh, and the re, uh, and I got quite negative and angry responses to that film from multiple people who identified themselves, uh, as being somewhere on the autistic spectrum. Uh, and they, they were not telling me I, w- I was being bigoted. If they were telling me that they were, uh, offended, I would sit and listen. Uh, I'm, I, uh, to be clear. No, what they were, what they wrote to inform me, uh, was that my play was bad and wrong, uh, because people who behave like that are not actually sad. They're actually happy and fine and normal. And I don't know why I've mentioned that story in response to a review of, of someone who made a point of talking about how they would rather play Candy Crush and that they think sh- things should only be narrative and contained in a review of a film about a gossip columnist who slowly learns that things cannot always be glossy candy because they will be crushed. I don't know. I don't think there's a connection <laughs> there, but uh, the fact that... Uh, uh, that that reviewer ref- repeatedly referred to Marcello as a loser. Um, I don't think they were just talking about Marcello, and I think that's why they got so offended, so had to tell other people off for being offended for reasons that did not exist. So, would you like to guess Ben Lott's top four films? Yeah, uh, eight and a half. Uh, no, uh, the the oh no, oh no four. Right, yeah, we'll just do four. Uh, the uh, first film on the list is uh, the feature film directorial debut of an actor. On the road? Uh, no. Is it a three-word title? Uh, four. It's not Sean Penn's directorial debut? No. No, okay. Uh, oh, good night and good luck. Uh, no, it, it, uh, uh, it has uh, one of the uh, greatest pop songs ever written for a film. That thing you do, yeah, ding ding. I thought he'd directed something before that. It's by uh, T. No, Hanks. He, uh, he, uh, he had directed a uh, short and a horror anthology before this. This was his uh, first feature. Yeah, no, that that is, that is what I am thinking of. Yes, yeah. Um, well, yeah, good fun. I've yeah. um, I've seen that film twice, both times when on broadcast television. So that film is kind of intrinsically with like a plate of dinner and ads in it. Like I don't know if it could be seen any other way, and it is perfect for that experience. Oh yeah, no, it, it is. It's a yeah. I I like that film a lot. It's been it's been a while since I've seen it, but like that like that 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 song is just so good that the movie works. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Thanks, uh, the, Hanks. The second film uh, that's too is obvious. Is Linda Cardellini in it? Uh, she is not, although, uh, okay. uh, although she was born when it came out. So uh, this is a movie with uh, a bunch of puppets in it. Is it The Muppets? Uh, no, but, but it, does have a, it does have a famous Muppeteer in it. Uh, is, it a, is it The Empire Strikes Back? Uh, no. Is it, it's not a Star War? It, it is a Star War. Okay. Is it a good, an okay, or a bad Star War? It, it's, a, it's an okay Star War. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, 
Is Yoda not? Te- no, I know. I know Henson can make puppets that aren't Muppets. Yeah. But do- isn't Yoda? It doesn't. Fuck, it doesn't matter. Uh, the uh, the third film on the list is uh, is a film that I uh, uh, is a film that I tweeted about a couple of days ago. Uh, all, all the, uh, not 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 the film so much as a, one of the stars of it. Every single bi woman who follows me uh, liked this tweet. Oh, okay. And no one else. I look. You know my ongoing project of memorizing your Twitter feed it yeah. has fallen a bit behind because I'm working uh, it, on, the, it, it, on uh, my it, it is, server. It is part of a series of films. It is a, a sort of a soft reboot. The Fast and Furious. No. The fourth one. Fa- yeah. Um. Okay. Is it the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor? No. Okay, I'm just trying to think of like quite bi- bisexually happy. For is it Goldeneye? Is it uh, no? But it, it, it's it, it is a Bond. Oh, uh, okay. The um, Casino Royale. Uh, yes, it is Casino yeah. Royale. Uh, I, directed uh, by I, New Zealander. Yeah, I, I just cut us standing for the whole national anthem. I tweeted a few days ago. I've just rewatched Casino Royale for the first time in about a decade. And I think oh, that that's uh, right. yeah. and I think that if Eva Green ever looked at me, I would crumble to dust. I thought I liked that tweet. Uh, you, so, you you did not. No. So I will. So I'll go back and do it because yeah, like that that scene of them advertising a watch. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's a nice break in between uh, that ad for Richard Branson and all the ads for Sony. Like one, oh, like yeah, the, all, the, the 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 ads for Sony are uh, so funny. Well, it, like it is, it is, it is another basilisk when watching Casino Royale. Um, yeah, which is good fun, you know. Mm. Um, uh, 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 once you notice that all technology in the film is Sony, yeah, there, there are so many all, Sony Vio laptops, and and it is always I've seen that film maybe three or four times, and it was the second time I noticed it. Yeah. And ever since then, whenever I've seen it, it, poisons my mind, which means that the biggest laugh line in that film that has some good jokes for me it is not a line, but it is the shot. Uh, of you know they're watching him on security cameras and it cuts to yeah. the bank of security cameras and it is the these mint condition perfect tvs with um you know security camera like hard drive recorders underneath them yeah. all sony <laughs> and it is like it is just a pack shot and it, it uh, it's great stuff um uh, and like that fucking opening chase it's yeah. dope shit yeah uh, opening chase is, is great, and then uh, every single scene that Eva Green is in, I just sort of sit there and be like, uh, "Okay, great, no, great job, movie. You, uh, you, 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 more, 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 more of this, please." And, and like Mads and oh, yeah. Jeffrey yeah. Wright, and no, like, if, if, if everyone's doing yeah. a great job in that movie, I it is ah oh, yeah. I mean, uh, 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 Petty No Time to Die was delayed again so that everyone in Auckland 
I can get a chance to see it with everyone else. And because it, it would be terrible to live in Tamaki Makoto uh, in a country where no time today has come out. And, and you know, people are being okay and in, in tweeting about it. No one's really tweeting spoilers, but they are tweeting discourse about it that the good place style so clearly gestures towards a spoiler that it is, is basically irrelevant. Because that would be, you know, there, there, there are worse things about being in lockdown. I've talked about my underwear. I um, uh, hope I've kept that bit in, or that's just a, a refer back to something that sounds slightly more obscene than it should be. Because, um, uh, that, yeah, that, that, that would be, you know, faintly annoying, mm. you know? Is uh, that, is that the, the fourth film? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. The fourth film is a film that takes place mostly in one house with Tim Curry, but is not, uh, uh, but, but is not Rocky Horror. It's Clue. Yeah. Oh, hey, Finn. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Yufa. How are you doing? No, oh, I mean, yeah. Hi. Uh, n- nice to meet you. Um, uh, I'm I'm Yutha, and and this is Yutha, my twin. We both work here at 20th Century Fox. God, I love it here in the year 2003. <laughs> oh, what a incredible year! Now, Finn. Yeah. We've loved working with you in your work as Mel Gibson's hairdresser, and and. You've brought us that screenplay. Mm. You've brought us, it's called Paparazzi. It's great. We want to make it. It'll, cu- uh, it'll come out in 2004. Uh, right. Now, right. I, that, that, that sounds perfect. Yeah, I have read it, but I, the other youth, I, ha- I haven't read it. So um, and that's just because I want to hear it fresh. And, I, and I'm here so I can, I can know where you're landing. You know, that's why we're tag teaming this, me uh, and me. And so you have a reason to, to explain the plot. Now, we love this film. Uh, we have a few notes. Okay. One it is why does the child not die? Whoa, a child dies? No, just in a coma. But I think they should die. So, uh, Finn, yes. why doesn't the child die? Well, I mean, that, 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 that's, that's sort of being done in death wish, you know. Yeah. And I wanted to t- take this sort of morally grey revenge narrative into a into a sort of different direction where the sort of inciting incident uh, isn't as bad, and so uh, you uh, never really sympathise at all with the with with the, with the main character on, on on his journey of revenge. What what I loved about it uh, when I read it is that I love that it raises the spectre of the now. Uh, uh, of what is now a recent tragedy, which is Princess Diana's death, uh, uh, and he defangs it enough that it feels both tawdry, um, uh, uh, exploitative, and also weirdly uh, dismissive. I think that's great. Yeah, that I really like. So, so who? So who? Who's the person in the cut? Sorry, I ha- I haven't read it. So this is great. Finn, start from the beginning. Well. Yeah. Bo Laramie is America's latest action star. Can I tell you something? I love that name. That Mm. name, I'm going to tell you one word that comes to my mind with that name. Real name. Yeah. That's a, you know. It's got it's got a real sense of verisimilitude to it. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's, it's it's a name that feels lived in. 
Uh, did you know that actually, if we go a back, if we go back a bit, Youth, uh, uh, that that was my pitch. That's uh, uh, there are a couple of names, and out of them, I chose Bo, which is to say, um, if we re rewind uh, when the crowds, I am the crowd, say Bo selector. You, you, you love that joke. <laughs> no, I don't love that joke. I love your initial <laughs> bafflement. Because the phases we've gone through of that joke is the first time I did it, you just didn't, you've not heard that song. No. The second time you're like, why bring it back? Yeah. And now it is just like, it, it, it's like that joke is like a fly in your room where you're like, okay. Yeah, that, like- yeah. I'm I'm saying it's part of a psy op. <laughs> okay, so uh, well, it certainly makes me psy. So we are going to need the hottest actor. We need oh, well, okay, so stations. You, 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 now, okay, so you you like that, 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 that's 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 what a lot of people's first thought is. Okay, so I, okay. I was thinking, how, like that 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 seems obvious, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was thinking mm-hmm. instead. How about we go? With, we go. We, we go with an actor with uh, no screen presence. Hey. Someone who, someone who you look at and you think this person would never be a movie star. I okay. I obviously haven't read it. Uh, that, that's that youth are talking. It's surprising that we are twins and we have the same first name, but it, that's twins. That's the rule of twins. Um, most twins that you meet, they have different names. One is using a middle name. Uh, that's why middle names were invented. Just a fact. Um, any who, uh, I, when you say that, I, I, we have uh, one guy who, who we've signed to a contract for a couple of films and he's just an incredible charisma vacuum and he, he's a real, he's got a great skill of actually have, having been in quite a lot of films you've seen and yet when you see him you're like, who, I've not seen this guy in a film before and I kind of get why. Like, obviously, after he gave this performance, no one would hire him again, but, yeah. but we have hired him. We owe him a film. So let me slap a name. Let me unzip and whip out this name. Cole Hauser. Cole Hauser? That sounds like a fake name. No, well, I know. Who would have not, a name that ridiculous? Not every name can be as absolutely real as Bo Laramie, uh, a name that sounds like the person who founded the fictional brand of cigarettes in The Simpsons. <laughs> okay, so he's rich. He's famous. Is he a big actor? Yeah, he's just a normal down-at-home guy from Montana. Oh, but, great. But now he's starring in the biggest action movies in America. So do we ever see him... So obviously he's a great actor, right? Mm. Yeah, no, everyone, everyone loves him. Oh yeah, do, do we ever see him act uh, in it? Sort of. Do Do we ever see him? Does he? That That's a bit strange. So you're wait for the sort of actor I have in mind of role to yeah, to to, yeah, to yeah. actually no, show I've him acting. Called Cole. He's yeah. we're filming tomorrow. He's all booked. To actually show him acting in any meaningful way would uh, just kill the film dead. So I was thinking maybe instead of that, we, we show him filming maybe uh, one action scene where he uh, uh, slides down a fire escape. I like, wait, okay. I've, okay. So what I'm hearing and not having, having read the script 
is that you're pitching to me that this is a film about someone who's famously talented and beloved. Yes. But, but what we do, we disrupt. You know, it's 2003. It's a new millennium. We're in the new millennium. Anything is crazy. So what if, oh, like, are you telling me that this film is just full of people looking at Cole Hauser, um, an actor so anonymous that I watched a film with him in every scene, like literally hours ago, and I cannot begin to picture his face. Correct. Correct. Um, uh, 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 and we're just going to have loads of people talk about how charismatic he is and then loads of people talk about how much they love him. I, that is, do we have any budget left for, for, to buy some Golden Globes and Oscars this year? Because, <laughs> shit. I mean, who's our competition? Well, in, in 2004? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Ooh. let's let's look at what is 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 planned to cu- to come out. What a, what it, what what the Oscar season we're looking at uh, it, it is like? Because I think this is a oh, a heavy hitter. Okay, so obviously for you, we'll be looking at screenplay. Okay, this is fucking easy. This, uh, this is a piece of piss. Listen, this is the films that they say you know might be lined up. Vera Drake. Yeah, okay. <laughs> cool, Mike Lee. Why don't you make, uh, you know, one of the best political films of the past 20 years, sweet as Hotel Rwanda, same again. Oh, The Incredibles, eh? I prefer Fantastic Four films when they are mangled or boring. Okay, The Aviator, what it are. Oh, look. There's some small fucking indie here. We'll kick it out of the way. Um, it's not good. No ideas. So, like, we can just trade uh, and we'll kick Eternal Sunshine off that <laughs> list. And we've got you in there. I, I, love, I love your work, bud. Thank you. Wait, is this adapted? Because that way we, we just have to go to, to Rick Link later and... Tell him uh, that bef- this before sunset film hasn't it's a remake. I think I think he's remaking his own stuff. That 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 won't be an adapted screenplay. Uh, I, I I think I think this is it. Uh, from 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 what I remember of the uh, of the uh, of 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 uh, writing this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was I'm, like, I presume you're in like a creative fugue, like it. Yeah, it just flowed out of you, like you were com- communing with the heavens. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure uh, this is my idea. Oh, incredible! I'm pretty sure I wrote it myself. Okay, uh, cool, sweet as. So yeah, awesome. I. And, and so this guy, he's high on the hog. Now, obviously, when you meet a character. They've got to have a problem. So, so tell me, what is Bo Laramie's problem? Apart from having too real and good a name and too charismatic an actor. Well, you know, he's gone so big, he's gone so famous. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to handle all the negatives that come with fame. And especially, oh. especially paparazzi. The, oh, the, the, uh, the invasions into his personal life. Wait, so so this is a crossover with with Filmini's film La Dolce Vita, that with where the character of Paparazzo, the photographer, follows him around. Uh, no, I'm I'm just I'm just stealing the word. 
Oh, okay. Well, let's see. Actually, did, did, if, if, I, if I'm stealing the word from Fellini, does, does, from Fellini, does, does, does that mean that this is an adapted screenplay? Uh, I mean, probably, but, like, honestly, no one cares about Finding Neverland. Like, we can kick that out the door. And then, and then if Finding Neverland's out the door, you're just up against Sideways Before Sunset, Million Dollar Baby, and The Motorcycle Diaries. And, and like, I, I, I'm i the youth who hasn't even read the script, and I can tell from your description so far that it, it is absolutely better than all of those films. Would, would you like some cocaine? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I I've not had my breakfast cocaine yet. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I should I should have one of those shirts that say, uh, you know, uh, d- don't talk to me before I had my cocaine in the morning. You know, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, look, look, I've got, I've got. You know, I've got I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a. Yeah, if, if, if you talk to me before I've had my morning uppers, I'm a, I'm a beast. Well, I know, like, you've worked with Mel a lot, and so you know a lot about, you know, working uh, with a beast that can only be quelled with cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I, 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 was, I, I, was, I was doing his hairdressing on Braveheart, and, you know, the, you know, the only Braveheart on that set was the organ inside of his, inside of his body was beating a fucking million miles a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm laughing. No, joke. That's just a clinical description uh, uh, of Braveheart. Okay, so like that, that's a plot problem, Finn. So this character, uh, he needs an internal problem. You know, he can go on a journey. So I, I've got a pitch for a problem that he has. Sure. What if his problem... <laughs> Is that he's too nice <laughs> and, and, and too forgiving of like we all, like paparazzo from La Dolce Vita? He's annoying, mm. like, and he should do something to deal with that, you know? Right? Um, yeah. So he can maybe uh, learn to forsake his friendly Midwestern <laughs> upbringing and become yeah. a, a a cold, calculating Hollywood sociopath. I don't know if it if it's you or the cocaine talking yeah. or the six hour long movie playing him playing as my virtual background. I like the thing I want. Like I again, I'm the youth who hasn't read the script. I want to make clear to you, I've I have a feeling that we're in a room with genius. There there are so there are so many films that dare to ask. You know, what if a character had a emotional journey that is in some way relatable to an audience? But you, oh, you are, this is must have what have been like in a room when Orson Welles pitched Casablanca and was like, what if we made a film in black and white, you know? Because... <laughs> The idea of making a film about someone with a problem, all an, a, only a statistically insignificant amount of people have, and that his solution is, if I'm understanding this, mm. learning to murder. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but learning to murder secretly. Oh, great. I, like, I'm, I'm going to write this down. 
because mm. I don't, I want to make sure that we're thinking the same thing. I won't say it, but he gets away with it and it's like, it's a good thing, right? Like this is yeah. when at the end of the film, the main character, the hero has yeah, committed, yeah, yeah. Uh, me. has committed a series of murders, <laughs> which he will never be held responsible for because he's pinned them on another man. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And, and I, like, I, I think just as Martin Scorsese in the opening of Raging Bull shows us that blood sports are cool unambiguously. Oh yeah. I want my film yeah. to, 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 to show that the only problem with murder is getting caught. I like, I love it. I have a pitch though. Okay. I think we really, I, and I'm just trying to amplify what you're already putting yeah. down. I just like, we all got our dicks on the table uh, and I just want to get you hard so it's better. Like I'm just uh, dealing I'm, with I'm you've currently already- using my dick to snort cocaine. <laughs> I was talking metaphorically, but also <laughs> I'm cocaine blind. I just keep seeing. <laughs> no, no, I'm, just, I'm just hallucinating photographers all over the place. <laughs> I can't believe that I was laughing so much that you got to that exact <laughs> punchline I was aiming for <laughs> before me. Anyway, a punchline, what am I talking about? Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I think I've got a pitch, uh, and may, you know, not like this, but like this. So the final scene. Oh, well, like, 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 like a line from The Matrix, right? Not like this. Yeah, I didn't like. What do you think of that film? I, cause, this is confusing. I, you know, I, 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 I saw that movie. I, did, I, I didn't get what was going on. And I just went home and listened to some Jeff Rotel albums. I, it's actually become a bit of a joke. <laughs> it's actually become. I was laughing at your joke, yeah. not preemptively laughing at mine. This isn't a Gianni Versace situation. Um, <laughs> I uh, we uh, the Matrix has become a bit of a joke uh, in our office at least because not many people have noticed it, but there's actually a really they probably did reshoots and no one notices this, but like throughout the film, if you're paying attention, like from scene to scene, like sometimes they'll have long hair and sometimes it'll be like shaved. Yeah. They're not even oh, wearing I'll, fucking I'll, I'll, wigs. I'll, I'll I'll tell you what if. if, if if, if, if I've been on that set, there's, there's no way I would have let that slide. I, 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 I would have dressed their hair so much better. Oh, thanks. I like that. That is why we trust you, Mel Gibson's hairdresser, with telling the story <laughs> of a murderous celebrity, <laughs> which is a good thing. Uh, uh, so much because you would look at at the Matrix and and see the massive continuity errors, and there's also just like the major plot problems, which is why would Keanu Reeves ever respect respect a black man? Nah, that's too far. <laughs> that's too far, right? <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. I shouldn't have given these characters my name. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. the thing I'm no, looking no, at. I, I, think, I think that's the main problem with the bit. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, was, I was thinking, now that we have the incredibly real name of, uh, the, 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 the incredibly real name of Bo Laramie, mm-hmm. and, and we've cast this incredibly believable 
uh, we'll cast Carl Hauser, who is nothing but believable as a uh, handsome and charismatic movie star. I, I was thinking we I could, mean, we could ha- like, uh, oh, he's, we do he's have- fine. Like, do- like out, out of the bit, Carl Hauser looks fine. But, but, but like, the, the, the idea that he's, like, the hottest guy in the world and every woman wants to fuck him is ludicrous. Yeah. Um, I mean... He's busy on um, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, with uh, Cole Hauser. God, fuck, that's right. Yeah. I that's, genu- the, that's the other Cole Hauser movie I've watched this year. Okay. Wow. I, I genuinely, when thinking of casting Cole Hauser in this film, imagining this film, watching this film in my mind when I was reading it, I, I was like, who is this lead guy? I've never seen him in anything else. Is is he also Mel Gibson's hairdresser? And then the end credits came up and I was like, oh, that's Cole Hauser. And, and like, I have, I have in my, also in my mind palace, seen Too Fast, Too Furious, a film that I don't think is out yet, but we got a leak in, in my mind palace. No, it comes out 2003. Yeah, we don't know when in 2003 we're having this conversation because you'll have noticed that we've snorted so much cocaine that that clock over there has Dalid itself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is, we are, you know Stalin? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know how for the last few decades of his life uh, he would every night throw raging parties with his inner circle that would go on for hours. Yeah. Uh, and, and everyone was too afraid to leave. Yeah. 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 And, and, and like frequently like Kalashnikov, uh, uh, the man, not the, you know, uh, it, it, it is crazy how, how many Russian people are just like, we just have like weapons that are named after just a Russian guy's name. Yeah. Like the fact that both Molotov and yeah. Kalashnikov will have left at the same time at Stalin's parties and then like vomited into like a pot plant, had to wipe down their face and then go back in. But anyway, we think that's a great managerial style that only did great things for both Stalin and Russia. So that's how we're running this movie. Just to explain all the, all the cocaine uh, and the, 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 the gulags we, we run (laughs) that, that's what we call Fox News. This is what, this is twenty yeah, no, century I, I, yeah. Fox, right? No, I, like, I, I was I was going to do a I was going to do a similar joke. Uh, so now 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 that we've committed so much to 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 the to the, to the absolute and unshakable verisimilitude of our story, yeah, uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think we should really we, we should really go all in on that. Yeah, and we should and because this is a like. Hard-boiled, mm-hmm. you know, realistic crime story. Mm-hmm. We should use lots of actors that often appear in the films of Michael Mann, who is, you know, one of the masters of of uh, character-driven, realistic crime stories. No, oh, yeah, man, I love Michael Hunter, Manhunter. I especially love The Keep. That's his good film. I think, like, what you can see in that film uh, is someone who has had a great relationship with executives like us, and it's just paid dividends. You know, I, I think if if he was ever to make a movie with uh, oh, John, 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 Jonathan Depp, uh, I think I think they could do something really special together. 
Yeah, I like if there's one thing I want to say about Jonathan Depp is that he is great. And I've spent a lot of time with him personally, one on one. And I've seen how he interacts with other people. And I don't just think it's great. I think it's an exemplar that I myself follow. So I can't like he's obviously worked with Tom with he's just finished working with 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 Thomas Cruise, who, you know, you can't say anything. Oh, so wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx Ox Ox are in are in and uh, what I've forgotten the name of this film, <laughs> Paparazzi. Oh, right. Yes, after the La Dolce Vita character, of course. Um, is that what? Yeah, so uh, uh, I think those two might draw too much attention away from Cole Hauser because they are yeah. uh, genuinely charismatic movie stars. Well, and you also don't like Cole Hauser is a magnet on screen, and and, and if there's Jamie Fox, Tom Cruise. You know, Will you, you, Smith. You, you, can't, you can't have three magnets together. It just doesn't well, work. No, like they're nothing next to Cold Maybe Hauser. They start a magnet fight. <laughs> okay, I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. You've got a green light. Go. Magnet fight. Okay, no, I'm I'm hearing that would compete with um Michael Bay, who I just think's a real auteur. Uh, <laughs> is Transformers films, which are made uh, under uh, the the you know the secret working title uh, of uh, Magnet Attack. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I was I was thinking you know let's get rid of Cruz, get rid of Fox, we'll pep up a supporting cast with, with some of Michael Mann's oh. heavy hitters. You know, I'm, I'm thinking Tom Sizemore from Heat. Whoa, not okay. You know, he, he, he could be the bad guy, you know, because in, 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 in Heat, you know, he, he is, you know, he, he's, got, he's got so much presence. You know, j- j- just the way he says the line, for me, the action is the juice, is like what, what, one of the most compelling moments of cinema. I, I was thinking we could have him uh, be just like a full-on lead of this movie and give him uh, nothing uh, nearly that interesting to say. I, 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 the thing I like about Tom Sizemore, uh, he's great. We've called him. He is in. He, he's your right. villain. Um, I think the best use of Tom Sizemore is just, just to have him just yell. And he refuses to grow a mustache because he thinks it makes him look like Burt Reynolds. Um, and, and he won't have a mustache. But, like, he needs to play a villain like he's got a moustache yeah. to twirl. And if anything, it's possibly uh, bigger than that. Like, if we could not conceivably see this character literally strapping someone to train tracks, like, I, Finn, I've noticed, I'm, I'm the youth of that read it. You've given this character some sense of interiority. We know the old maxim that, that everyone is the hero of their own story and that mm. the great villains uh, of, of cinema, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Megatron. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Os- Oscar Schindler. Uh, 
Ron Weasley. Three greatest villains in server. I think. I think that that, 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 that was like. I think like I think Megatron, Oscar Schindler, and Ron Weasley were, were the top three on the, on the AFI's list of like one one hundred years, one hundred villains. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Look, look, I I don't just know that, but look, look at this. I'm ripping open my shirt to reveal a tattoo of Oscar Schindler, Ron Weasley. <laughs> I cannot remember the th- Oscar Schindler <laughs> Oscar Schindler, Ron Weasley and Megatron <laughs> Megatron with just the thumbs down emoji next to them because I don't like them I, <laughs> you, you'll never guess when I got this tattoo they, they said it would hurt so much but full on then, I was blackout drunk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, any- so if I can take a guess at what you're trying to say, yeah, is that uh, this character Rex Harper should, <laughs> no. uh, yeah, should should have uh, no interiority. He, he no, should, yeah, he, he 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 shouldn't feel like a person. He should feel okay. Do you know what the Vifrim dunks the fit is? Oh yeah, I'm 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 very well versed in 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 the in, 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 in the writings of of, of Bertolt Brecht. Um, well, like I, what if we pushed this character to such a cliche of villainy? Let fuck it with all the paparazzi characters. Push them to such a cliche of villainy that they essentially become a uh, uh, like. Uh, uh, collections of cliches. They are not people. How? How? So I'm saying we should take some complexity out. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. That, 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 that actually gives me an idea for 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 for, for, for another one of the actors to, to play to play to play a to play a paparazzo, which is uh, 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 which which is the actor Kevin Gage, also from Michael Mann's Heat, in oh, which he yeah, played the yeah. character of Wayne Grove. Who, who was also just this embodiment of pure, malevolent, unthinking evil, but he was able to play it in, in a way that was, you, you know, there is a scene in Heat where he looks at a woman he's about to kill and he says, you don't know what this is, do you? The Grim Reaper has come calling. And he, and he, he, he makes it feel both like, like an active force of evil, but also like a real person saying it. You know, he, 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 he is able to play both the extremity of the character, but like also the real pathetic humanness of it. And, and, well, and so you're saying we, we should just hire him to do sort of the, the first bit, but like not as good as he did in Heat. Yeah, well, like the thing I've always disliked about Michael Hunter, Manhunter's Heat is that it has this sense uh, of all the characters having history and relationships, uh, and while they are, you know, it, it, it's three hours of 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 a climactic guitar solo, and, and like I love I love that shit. I love when people have got guns, but but Michael Mann and in, insisting that we understand 
that all of these people are victims of circumstance and that we can see their interiorities, the worlds they've come through. And like, so yeah, when you talk about his performance as Wayne Grow, like that is so tempered by uh, uh, Wayne Grow is an obscene, malevolent character, like uh, a borderline Mitsuguchi supernatural performance. <laughs> but but what man gives it is that you can buy and and, and gauge as well. Of course, he's a great actor, and we've yeah. called him, and he's in. Um, uh, it, it, it is the sense of like you can kind of unpack the life that led him to become this person. Mm. Um, and I don't like that. What I want, and we can do that with him and Sizemore and fuck it, I don't know, like Tom Hollander, the British actor, like he's got a Ricky Gervais impression that he wants well, to I, do. I, I, I was thinking of adding a, what, one more Michael Mann uh, cast member to a roundup of paparazzi. But you're cool, but you're cool and, with and just getting we, British, at that point, like comedy film actor Tom Hollander to just do a Ricky Gervais impression, right? And then, Yeah, sure. I, I've, I've, I've never been an English person before, so sure, we'll, we'll take one. Yeah, yeah. And we so, can... I, 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 I was going to I was going to suggest... You know, talk, 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 like talk, 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 talking about someone with like no interiority, barely seems human. Uh, Daniel Baldwin, <laughs> one of the stars of LA Takedown. Fuck, you're right. Yeah, it'd be perfect for it. Yeah, He's I, I've, not, I've not seen LA Takedown, so I can't comment on his performance of that. I, I have, and it, it's the better version. Because <laughs> um, the problem with De Niro and Pacino as leads is that they distract you from the real stars of that film, which are, are explosive gun, explosive guns and like two or three tits, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and I, uh, I, what I like about him is that he has a real Cole Hauser energy and that you say his name and, and I, I've seen LA takedown, which is, you know, almost all him. And I could not, I would never have made that connection. And I think that's a good, that's a good thing. Now, the important, these four evil paparazzis, and I think, I think the thing that will really put gas on this fire, that'll really get this flag waving, so everyone salutes, uh, is if they're clearly just kind of given no direction. So they're all playing every scene at, at kind of slimy malevolence level about eight. So I, the key thing, so I'll break it down. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The most important thing is I'm worried from our description that it could be too fun to have these four kind of boisterous evil paparazzis from La Dolce Vita. Um, uh, 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 and that it could be fun to spend time with them, like you know the the gaggle of large adult sons in in Castle in the Sky. No, don't 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 worry. Yeah, they 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 are all uh, so sleazy and unpleasant that, that there is not a single second you 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 enjoy even watching them. I'm I'm happy to hear that. The thing I want to stress again is is there must be no shape given to their performances, so it must no, also no, be I, monotonous. I, I must, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't remember if, if, if you're the youth who's, who's read the script or not. 
I mean, like it's we we we're wearing two different shirts, you know. So well, just so- just just talk to me, and, and I will decide. Right. Well, I'm, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> well, so. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you if you noticed, but it, on my script, in some of the margins and some of the corners of pages, uh, I've written, "Do not tell the actors what to do in this scene." <laughs> yeah, leave that, it alone. Um, they'll get it. The words are enough. The words are enough. <laughs> I am <yeah>. powerful. <laughs> well, yeah, because like you cut the hair of Mel mm. Gibson, who. It's 2003. It's all up for him. Yep. The good for thing is that, is that he, he's great. And, and right now he's hiding his power level. Um, <laughs> and, and hopefully, you know, it, it would be really terrible if between now and the film coming out, he, you know, was revealed as a monstrous and anti-Semite and and of course like we already know about his history of violence we had that film pitched the other day ugh Cronenberg boo oh god and anyway um, I just I can't stand Cronenberg because his films are like I like watch them and I'm like this is hot and then it turns gross and I still gotta beat it yeah, and so now I can like I can only come when I'm seeing like fucked up shit, and it's his fault. Yeah, no, I I I, I, I remember when uh, I was watching I was watching his film Shivers, where a where a like sex virus is, is spreading through a Montreal apartment complex, and everyone's yeah. getting really horny from a sex virus, mm-hmm. and then it's like, but 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 then it starts to, like turn them into like weird sex zombies. And you, and you find out later in the film that, that, that this all started when a, when a scientist living in one of the apartments was like, uh, raping and abusing a, a, a teenage girl that he was keeping hostage. And like, I, I, I'd already started masturbating by then. <laughs> I just, I just had to keep going. Well, you're not a quitter. No, and, and my, my, my dick was so full of cocaine. <laughs> and, and 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 like e- e- even when the film is trying to get me to reflect on the on the way that our society's approaches to sexuality encourage and often give cover to serious levels of abuse and trauma, you know, I, I didn't want to think about that. I just wanted to watch the fuck zombies. I yeah, I I have to tell you like. You don't, we, okay, just to describe, like, you can see me, we're in the same room, but that box I'm pointing to that uh, uh, has a dollar sign on it, uh, it's like a swear box, but it's for the phrase, my cock was so full of cocaine. <laughs> uh, and so oh, wow, there, there, go, there, is, there is a lot of money in there. Oh, and, like, the bottom of that box is an open hole to the floor beneath us which is Uncle Scrooge (laughs) full of coins Um, that's how that's the money we're using uh, uh, to fund paparazzi Uh, (laughs) and I want to be clear it is a choice we have made that's enough money that you know uh, that is, you know, just off the top of my head, the budget we are looking at is 
Oh, let me just get out my calculator here. Uh, 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 per, okay, the one. Uh-huh, yeah. Ah, $20 million. Uh, so uh, that is, at a very rough estimate, taking a co- taking like economies of scale into consideration, uh, you know, let's say 10 million meals we could have given to the hungry. And I want to tell you that this film you're describing to me, uh, which to the average layperson sounds like at best a, an apologia for a monster and at worst an act of incitement of violence against journalists is is worth more to the world than 10 million meals. Uh, okay, I just got to put another coin in there because I just thought it as well. I just thought it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so... What does so they they get on his bad side, huh? Oh, yeah. that, so okay, so that's why you were talking about the car crash before. So yeah. they're hounding him. Oh, I hate when the paparazzi hound me just because I won't pay child support. Or oh, I've, I've been there. Um, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm having a good time right now, just thinking about uh, about how many people's uh, sleep you and I are both potentially disrupting right now. And I, <laughs> I, I like yes, <laughs> I, but I and, do and, and, strongly think it is worth it. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you know, what, 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 what is the point of podcasting? If not to inconvenience others. I oh what uh oh god okay teeth oh, okay so it's inconveniencing others uh, making money uh, and uh, making a uh, make, making a uh, making a generation of women uh, terrified to ever leave the house. That's that's what podcasting's for. Yeah, those are oh, and uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, selling uh, stamps. Okay. I, I don't know, like, we must have a psychic link, because, look, my shirt is already ripped open. Look at my other tattoo. It's a full tattoo across my back. It just says the four commandments. <laughs> One is make money. The second <laughs> is inconvenience people. <laughs> the third is sell stamps. And the fourth is make women afraid to leave <laughs> the house. Ho, ho, ho. Now, we should address uh, your qualifications to write this film, as far as I can tell, uh, are that you're a great guy, you're a genius. Yeah, uh, I'm and deep, Mel- deeply entrenched in the film industry. Yeah, Mel Gibson is, is, is a hairdressing client of yours. He's a producer on this film. Yeah. Uh, we al- have to also, ask- uh, uh, also, I uh, might have played in the NFL uh, briefly in the 1970s. Oh, yeah, who can tell? Um. Uh, I, I, we have to ask why isn't Mel Gibson the lead of this film? Because when you describe to me a famous person who is inexplicably loved by quite a wide margin of people who uh, is distorted by fame into acts of violence that are forgiven, I cannot help but think of one name. Mel Gibson. So, I've, like, have you? Could he be in the film? 
Mm. Uh, yeah, so he he is more interested in uh, in, in in just like a t- in, uh, in 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 just like a taking on a and uh, taking more 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 a backseat role. He 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 is uh, he he is on board to produce. Mm. Great, but uh, but but uh, but uh, but he he has made me promise. Uh, to to only uh, have him in the film in in, uh, in, uh, in a cameo. Okay, great. Wait, wait. So we can do cameos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so the, like, what, this what film you, what is wide you, open for cameos. Oh, great. I love when people are wide open for cameos. Pitch me some off the top of your head. I'll tell uh, you who we've got due um, for, for cameos, people whose uh, crimes we've covered up. Um, and, and so they owe us a uh, cameo. I'll just chuck some names at you. Okay. Matthew McConaughey. I uh, love it. Him, him, him and Cole Hauser were, were both in uh, Days Confused together. They'll, they'll get along great. Oh, yeah, Dazed and Confused, another film I've, I've definitely always known Cole Hauser was in, and I'm not just suddenly learning at this moment. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had the uh, same realisation this morning when I looked yeah. up Cole Hauser. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's called Dazed and Confused, but I yeah. am lucid and alert to the fact that Cole Hauser is in that film. Yeah, uh, any, any other cameos you want to throw at me? Okay, Vince Vaughn, the better, you know, the thinking man's Anthony Perkins. (laughs) (laughs) Good joke. Um, Yeah, no, love love it. You know, another famously uh, angry and right-wing man, he'd be perfect for for this this, uh, reactionary film about about, uh, violence. So what I'm really liking uh, of what I'm hearing uh, is that this film in both its text and production really seems, with the possible exception of Matthew McConaughey, who uh, has booked in a McConaissance for the second half of this decade, uh, um, is that it seems like we are really building a safe space for the most blinkered and toxic men and their impulses. And, and I don't just, think- just 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 uh, just 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 on a side note. Uh, yeah. Have have, uh, have you ever read uh, Tom Sizemore Tom Sizemore's Wikipedia page? Uh, I'm sure I have, but oh, I'm, I'm going to suggest I'm I'm going to suggest uh, not revisiting it because it's uh, it's uh, pretty bleak. That only confirms for me what I just said. This film is a safe space for the worst and dankest impulses of men blinkered by money and fame. And I think it is, I don't know where else in Hollywood's history you can see things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for crying, but we're really at the birth of something beautiful. And I can really see this film making upwards of $16 million. Uh, Worldwide, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. The whole world will go crazy for this. People people will, you know, the the biggest costume of of the year, uh, Halloween, will certainly be dressing as the cops that Cole Hauser uses to murder Tom Hollander 
in a scene. Let's go out outside of it for a second. That's for one moment in the movie where I was like, yeah, okay, you got me. No, when, 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 when Tom Holland pulls the gun out, I mean, I mean the cops just eviscerate him. I like, okay, that, that's, that's pretty dumb. That, 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 that's like a fun, like, death-wishy thing. I, I don't know the bit you're talking about, but I do like that bit. But I like it because, obviously, the public's relationship with the police who I proudly call the biggest gang, um, who, are, who are great in the work they do terrorizing people. And I love... Yeah, that's one of the real differences between me and you, is he thinks they're the biggest gang. Oh, I think they're the Thin Blue Line. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. get my name legally changed to Thin Blue Line. Yeah, but that's just because you're a massive Rowan Atkinson fan. So, yeah, especially um, these days. A <laughs> lot, 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 lot of good work and opinions from him recently. <laughs> I, I, what I love about that scene is, is that there is absolutely no way that over, let's say, the next 18 years that the scene of an anonymous, uncharismatic man made famous simply by other people insisting he is using the police to murder someone will seem more and more sinister. Yeah, and, and just like ha- ha- having an implicit understanding that calling the police on someone means that that person will die. Well, and, and like liberal snowflakes, you know, listening, yeah, not listening, we're just having a conversation. Liberal snowflakes would say that like, yeah, it's a, it's a, like that's a good beat uh, uh, of an action film. But, like, it, that is something a villain does, you know? That, like, mm. De Niro should do that in L.A. Takedown, not, not Pacino. And the, the liberal snowflakes would say that, that to them that scene is devalued by the fact that it is clearly supposed to be punch the air cool. As nice as it is to see someone doing a Ricky Gervais impression killed, um, I, you know, but what I say to them is like, clean your room, eat only meat, get into a coma, go to Russia, <laughs> tweet <laughs> incomprehensibly. That's what a real man would do. So, okay. He starts killing these paps. I we we have an issue like we got to think about how likable this character is. So he can't like we we all like I don't need to tell anyone in this room like whenever a paparazzi takes a photo of you, uh, who are usually like blue collar workers who have been forced into that irritating job, uh, uh, which are clearly disruptive like to both people and society. By capitalism, and we're all like, "God, do you know the solution to this? It, we should kill them." And, and as much as we, who hasn't, when they've been papped, uh, gotten their gun that we all have because we are in America, and that's fine. And it just means that people in New Zealand, when you're listening to American podcasts, sometimes have to hear hear ads about how you shouldn't leave your guns around your kids. <laughs> and you're like, okay, you if if you have to listen to an if 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 
if that's a big enough problem, maybe have less guns. Like yeah, if your no, first solution, anyway. It is a uh, long time opinion of mine that 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 that. Uh, that owning a, that owning a gun should be like uh, r- running for uh, uh, sh- should be like running for president. Uh, if you have any intention of ever doing it, you should not be allowed to do it. No, like I I think owning a gun. We here at Twentieth Century Fox think that owning a gun is like running for president. In that. It is only it, it, acceptable if white rich men do it, and if anyone else does it, we will attack and destroy them, and if they even faintly succeed, we will do everything they we can to ensure that even their meagre attempts at reforming this horrifically broken country, infecting the world with its capitalism, are, are, are crushed. Um Oh man, I'm having such a good time in this pitch meeting, buddy. So tell me. Oh yeah, he can't. What I'm saying. Oh, sorry, my dick is so full of cocaine right now. Um, what I'm saying is he can't just start shooting them as great as that would be. You know, this has got to play in middle America where they understand that if you're going to kill people, you have to pretend it was in self-defense um, or accidental. So is, is that the angle you're, go- you're going for? I haven't read the script. Uh, no, he, uh, he, he just sort of gets mad at them because they cause a car crash. Which, like, oh, they, yeah, they- which kills his kid, right? Uh, no, no, the no. kid's kid, kid fine. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, it kills his wife then, right? That's why he gets so mad. No, 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 she, she's actually uh, even more fine. There's like a moment where he has just survived this crash, and now he's in the hospital next to his son who's in a coma, and then the doctor comes in and says, about your wife. She's in recovery, but we had to remove her spleen. And then, I mean, Bo Laramie <laughs> just true. breaks down crying. No, I love no, no, not her spleen, not her spleen. See, other youth, this is what I'm talking about. This film is a safe space for white male rage. And the, a key part of that that we have not seen expressed in media is the barest need of slight inconvenience to, to trigger explosive and disproportionate retribution. Anyway, I think we should go to war with Iraq. Uh, uh, okay, so talk, talk me through these killings. We've talked about when he, like, like, he does a suicide by cop, but on someone else. The, the, the first one, I'll tell you what. It's it's sort of not his fault. This guy has taken taken some snaps oh. of him. Oh, so this is like him because we know his problem is that he is too nice to people who are annoying him. So mm. like the the move into the first act, uh, uh, or, or or like somewhere at the beginning of the second act is when he he's kind of forced into an uncomfortable zone yeah. that he will soon become familiar with, like uh, happiness having to team up with sadness or inside in inside out. Except in this, it's a, a man learning to murder. Yeah. So yeah. like he's 
So like he 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 gets into into a confrontation with with Kevin Gage, uh, but then mm-hmm. like he 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 realizes you know my anger is getting a bit of me. I've got to remove myself from this situation. So he gets in his car, he drives away, mm-hmm. and he calls up his he calls up his anger management therapist, and he mm-hmm. gives her an old chat on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then when he's done, when he's feeling calmer. Wait, okay. Turns his car back on. Oh, There's an yeah. anger management therapist? Yeah. That is the perfect place to put our Mel Gibson cameo. Because you're, you're totally we right. should definitely make light. We should remind our history. audience of the facts. Yeah, that he has angry has a long history of angry, unbidden violence. Yeah. Which this film is clearly done somewhat in response to and unambiguously endorses. Yeah. Go, so dude's like- rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, he, 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 he calls up his anger management therapist. He, he talks about his feelings. Yeah. And, and, then, and then when he's done, he puts his phone down, he turns the car on, and he's about to start driving away. But then Kevin Gage... The evil paparazzo yeah. comes it comes out of nowhere on his motorbike. They almost yeah. see each other. Kevin Gage skids and slides off a cliff, and then Bo Laramie, mm. our hero, our main man, <laughs> he gets out of a car and runs over to Kevin Gage to help, you know, drag him, like pull him back up the cliff. And then a- a- as he grabs him, he's 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 holding his hand, he's pulling him back up, and then for. Absolutely no reason Kevin Gates just starts saying evil stuff like, oh, I'm going to fucking sue you for this and I'm going to kill your family or whatever. Yeah. I'm well, still Wayne basically. Ah. <laughs> and, and then so Polarami just lets him go and he falls down into a green screen. God, that. What? I anyway, from, to- and, and, and that's when we realizes actually killing these dudes feels pretty great. I should I, do it more often. Oh, uh, I and I got to tell you that that sounds like the moment when you know just to some fucking semi-employed comedian podcaster playwright in uh where's dumb Auckland, New Zealand would be watching this film in 2021 and would go from being like, oh, this film is bad in a boring way to being like, oh, no, this is evil. And like, we got to cuck that fuck, you know? We got to fuck him up. And so I think we should only escalate from there. Then we do, of course, obviously... Suicide by by cop murder. Yeah, um, and then I think he should uh, go to Daniel Baldwin's house and mm-hmm. uh, beat his head in with a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. God, and I, I think I think that would be uh, cool. And I personally would enjoy watching it and then thinking about it. I don't. And then watching it again and then thinking about it some more and I- just. Seeing where those thoughts take me. Is it someplace good? Is it someplace positive? Is it someplace beneficial to society? I certainly hope not. That's not what I'm about. Please give me more cocaine. 
<laughs> Please, it's uh, it's it, it is, it's buffet style. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I wanted to say laid out like a banquet, but buffet style, uh, uh, or uh, you know, covers it. You know, we're both in the same room. Obviously, I'm the youth that's read the script. Correct. I loved reading that scene. I I think it's a great idea. I loved hearing you describe it, and and the thing that run, runs through my brain is that 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 scene, which again, sat like the thing about Death Wish films, or or you know, to invent a name for the genre that has uh, at this point in time, two thousand and three. Uh, uh, no, 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 uh, you know, this is just a word. It doesn't mean yeah. anything like taken films. Sure, yeah. Because uh, they're taken for granted at how good they are, is that they at least allude to a moral greyness. Yes. And, and that this scene will, in, in uh, like, when I read it in the script, when I heard it out of your mouth, it, it's clearly like a thrilling moment. This is like, you know, when, like, the best bit of The Matrix, when Agent Smith kills Neo, and, and, and then there's the twist ending where the villain wins. <laughs> um, and and that we have to, this scene, and its unambiguous portrayal of cold-blooded and disturbingly violent murder, We'll go through so many people, you know, there'll be a props person who has to find mm. that baseball bat. There'll be directors on set. There'll be stand-ins. And that all of those people will in some way be, I don't know why I'm going to use this word, but let's use it, complicit uh, uh, in the execution of this execution. Uh, and that is, I just, I've got no other words for it. But my dick is so full of cocaine on that idea. And it is, oh, I'm doing the chef's kiss. And I want to be clear that I am also doing it because it's a white power symbol. <laughs> I'm the person who started that. <laughs> Me, youth 20th century fox. Open brackets, Milo Yiannopoulos, close brackets. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's uh, uh, that's that's my full name. Uh, I'm I'm intending to uh, just become like one of the worst people who hasn't directly killed someone, as far as I can tell, in the world. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and, and, and then uh, 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 and, and then you're going to uh, very publicly in uh, oh, let's say eighteen years. Uh, you're going to uh, very publicly. Uh, 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 you're going to very publicly uh, come out as straight. Have, have, have you seen Am that? I going to do that? You, um, my Leonopolis, yes. I, I'm. I have not. I had yeah. not yet planned. So I, because I'm. You're, I'm you're, pretty you're, you're, sure that I'm. I I'd only heard that I. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. are you saying or, or famously gay? That's what that's sort of the main thing you're going to be known for is, so, is being when, when I come out as straight. Yeah, I yeah. Run me through this. <laughs> so you're you're going to uh, uh, you, you're going to uh, divorce your husband. You're yeah. going to post a video of you. Uh, uh, you're going to post a video uh, of you uh, throwing your wedding ring into the ocean. 
you, you, you're, you're, going, you're going to start endorsing uh, gay conversion therapy. And you're going to start dressing like uh, what a gay man pretending to be straight uh, thinks uh, straight people dress like. So will I say that I was straight all along and like lying when I said I was gay? Uh, no, you were going to be presenting yourself as, as a success story of gay conversion therapy. That, I just got to tell you that I'm so stoked to live in a world where I can have that story. God, I'm going to cause so much mischief and then I'll be deplatformed by cancel culture, um, which is what we just did to, to Firefly. And let me tell you, that just Whedon. He knows how to run a set. And of course, uh, you, uh, you'll claim that uh, now that you are no longer gay, uh, dogs don't bark at you in the streets anymore, which is a sign from God. I don't, I, I'm, obviously, I need more cocaine because my, I just was suddenly filled with a, just a yawning and echoing sadness. Like, uh, you know, in La Dolce Vita, which is just about how everyone is sad at parties. Like I feel kind of like that about... Anyway, I'll just do more... Okay, so any, anyway. So, ah, cool. Uh, you, this guy's committing murders. Yeah. A bunch of paparazzos from La Dolce Vita uh, 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 who were involved in a car crash, they, they died. I, I haven't read the script, but, like, surely someone would get suspicious is there like do you have any michael sorry do you have any michael hunter manhunter men left that we could bang in there as like like an almost parodically like connect the dots cop character in this kind of a film uh, are you talking about? Uh, uh, are you talking about like one of those uh, one of those characters in a movie, like a policeman or like every writer in a biopic, uh, someone who can only uh, uh, sort of form ideas or connect information uh, by uh, by uh, by looking at a thing? They have no like thoughts in their heads, but if, yeah, if, yeah, if, they, yeah. if they see yes. something, they're like, "Hmm, that might be important." I I love it. I love when people work that way. Yeah. Like, I want a whole character that operates on the basis of the twist at the end of The Usual Suspects. Again, Brian Singer, Kevin Spacey, have you ever partied with those guys? Because, man, they are good at it and we like them. And I've got to say that, like, Making a film like Paparazzi, which is going to be so great, it could only be done by people like us who, uh, again, I'm just going to say the word. I can't think of anything else. I'm so full of cocaine, complicit in, in those kind of uh, actions. And I mean, mm. I mean, obviously, it was written by Mel Gibson's hairdresser, who, who's more complicit than, than that. But I, again, I, to be clear, I'm saying that as if it's a good thing because it is a good thing. Okay. But like when you're talking about people who can only understand things when they see them, yeah. that's like uh, it's like I have all my stuff uh, uh, in my house, and like I've got my own little room. Obviously, it's not that little; it, 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 it's really big, but it, it's so distant from me. And, and so I tell my wife, uh, Ina. And I'm like, every day I'm like, we got to get some renos done 
the den is far, Rena. Wait a minute. Say that again. Arena. Dennis, Dennis Farina. Yes. He, oh, he's done some great work. He's been in a Michael Hunter Manhunter film. Yeah. Could, could you, okay. I, I think we should really waste him in this role. Yeah, uh, uh, which uh, is uh, I, I, not waste like we do to all most of the paparazzi characters, <laughs> like with a baseball bat. Like, no, like, I think we should just absolutely squander talented actor De- Dennis Farina. Yeah, I, 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 I think we should like sort so, so, sort of give him a role that like maybe initially looks like he's going to be a, a sort of Columbo figure. <laughs> <laughs> Finn, yes. Stop. Okay. As you know, at 20th Century Fox, who I'm 90% sure <laughs> is, is going to make the film Paparazzi. Yeah, yeah, I, no, this is, this, is a, this is a 20th Century Fox film. And, and, and we've talked about my future as Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, a man who proposed. My, my future is Milo Yiannopoulos, which is my surname, mm-hmm. uh, pre- saying I'm being gay or saying I'm gay and then saying I'm straight. And, you know, we've got a, a time hole uh, uh, in next to the Black and White Minstrels show. It, it formed there because all of those soldiers from the future came back to recruit people to fight in the Tomorrow War. Uh, and so we can get stuff from from the future. And I just sent one of our interns... Uh, to to get me just a picture of what I my Milo Yiannopoulos look like uh, when I'm saying that I am straight, and I have I got to be honest with you, I've done quite a lot of drugs, so <laughs> I'm just going to speak in tongues, and, and we'll we'll see what comes out. These words may not mean anything. But the th- the feeling I get looking at it is like Tiger King, Kurt Cobain drag. <laughs> like I, I, what I love is that his facial hair is faint, but up to date to now two thousand and three. You could see any member of a boy band wearing that. He, I, I don't. If there was a way for people to look up this image, if. if We've invested in a company called Twitter, uh, and I I have started an account inexplicably called Shite and Sound Shite Sound Pod, and I will make sure in <laughs> sorry eighteen years time to <laughs> tweet this picture of Milo Yiannopoulos, me, my what dressing as a newly converted straight man, because it is both. I'm so excited to become this man <laughs> because every detail of it, you know, you, you expressed it so well, but seeing it, 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 it is like all be- the best revelations inevitable. 
you could predict every yes. detail of this. The bleach blonde mullet, the weirdly like contoured face, the 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 open pure white shirt, like with, he's with a multiple with a multiple gold chains yeah. un- underneath it. Well, gold crucifixes. Yeah, but just seeing them all he's got a pocket together. Square. Just seeing them all together is an arresting image <laughs> <laughs> that I I just gotta tell you I cannot I, one of the hideous toxic men who are ruining no, sorry, improving the entertainment industry <laughs> uh, uh, I, me too am excited to live in a future where I am th- where this is, oh, it's going to be so great then. Everyone's going to be outside. Yeah. Okay. So, Farina, he starts off like Columbo, as you say. Yeah. Uh, which is it, it, to it, say it, it, a, a smoldering symbol of the peak of male sexuality. Well, yeah, that, absolutely. Uh but also, he, 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 you know, he, he, he sort of seems like he's going to be a charming but competitive interlocutor or interrogator. So, someone, someone who puts on a friendly face, but, but also knows how to expertly needle criminals to make them reveal their greatest weaknesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and, and instead of uh, doing that, we should just sort of make him uh, uh, dumber as the film goes on and then eventually uh, uh, realise what the problem is uh, realize who the real murderer is and uh, be totally okay with it because uh, the, the real murderer is the good guy. Okay, so I haven't seen it. So I, and I just want to check that we're all on the same page. So what you're saying to me is that we're going to get Dennis Farina, who, who is, I, I, I think, an expert in, in taking like a stereotypical kind of like he's he's a cartoon character in real life and then adding like shade and nuance and fun and life to that yeah and and giving him a story arc that amounts to it being obvious from the moment he appears that he is going to f- that 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 he is going to find out about the murders and also be okay with it because that is obviously what the character is going to do. And so you get to sit through that. This is while reading, you know, if you were watching it in the future, you, you would just sit through multiple scenes where you're like, oh, okay, this is the scene where he finds out and is okay with it. But it's not. So it feels like a dead end because, you know, it's, it's coming. And then when it happens, you're like, cool. And you're just like, I mean, obviously this film has to have a character like that. So we should just do it in a way that manages to be both boring Mm. and frustrating, you know? Yes. uh, uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I have to change my pants. Because I I pushed all that cocaine so far up my dick that I've shit myself, but it's cocaine. (laughs) 
and that that's the best review I could give. You know, I'm not. This is not. Holy, oh my! I we're gonna be billionaires. Well, sixteen millionaires worldwide. But that's still, you know, we're only gonna lose four million dollars, and that I think we'll 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 make all that back through Halloween costume sales. Oh yeah, of course, and so. I So I mentioned that time rip earlier. Uh uh and we have like a way we test films uh is that that we send people through to say that they're going to fight in the tomorrow war uh even though like obviously you know that's a high budget film but they're only going to spend an hour of a two and a half film there you know it's not going to be there at the end obviously they're going to have to fight them in the past it's the promise of the premise so we can just send people forward to just get movie information and and, uh luckily i have found uh uh, um like the the uh uh, some information from a, a podcast which yeah. is uh, like radio, but better because Joe Rogan, who is, I think, should be king. <laughs> Joe Rogan, the best man, you know, yeah. he's he's who he, I model he, myself after. Yeah, That's he, why he, I look he, like an angry tree trunk. Well, I mean, this, this is still 2003. He, he's still on news radio. <laughs> oh, no, no, he, 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 he's, he's, he started he started Fear Factor by now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, you should, like, just you wait. Finn, Mel Gibson's hairdresser, I am sure you are going to love what Joe, the person who wrote Paparazzi, I would bet money uh, that you, the writer of Paparazzi, would like what Joe Rogan becomes. <laughs> It's a podcast from uh, New Zealand, you know, where they um, shoot uh, the tribe, and and we've got they they rate films shite or sound, and, and mm. there's two of them. And fuck, this is weird. You'd never okay. You'd never guess what their names on shite and sound are. What are their What are their names? Finn and Yutha. What? So I'm just I'll read Yutha. Me, I'm okay. I I. Out of us, the youthers, I will, I'll read his summing up, and then you can read Finn's. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, or do you, do you want to go first? It, it, uh, oh. Well, yeah, it, 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 uh, it, it, it oh, I'm, 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 lo- I'm looking here and it says that, uh, Finn says that maybe a 2003 movie paparazzi is, uh, he, he's, he's, He's saying it's it shite. comes out in 2004. Oh, sorry. I, I, yeah, I forgot. So. Right, we're, we're currently in 2003. It comes out next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's saying that that film is uh, shite. Uh, yeah. And Yutha here says it's also shite, which is a bit... But if That's we're making bizarre. them angry, we have succeeded because... We want to make a film that embodies what is best about white masculinity through the lens of the super privileged. And if 
those two guys don't like it, we have won. Because we go to sleep at night thinking we are having a great life. We don't judge ourselves. Whereas they, I don't know anything about them, racked with anxiety, desperately trying to do the right thing. You know, at 2am, I'm either asleep or boning my wife. Um, and whereas they are like probably still recording a podcast that was supposed to start at 7pm, <laughs> you know? And both, like, really trying to learn how to be good men in a world destroyed by them. And and the fact that they are so broken and we feel so fine is ultimately a victory. Uh, he's He's got a little addendum at the end that says, the thing that is hard to express in the form of, of a bit on a podcast about this film is how airless and manicured it is. We have watched... There's a quote from Finn here where he says, (laughs) yes, I fully agree with that. That is a real issue. And there's a whole exchange here, and we can do away with the he said... He said stuff because that that would get annoying quite quickly, but it is it is airless and and manicured, uh, and, and like Hollywood produced to the end of its life. We we have watched films that are much worse produced than this film, and we yeah. have watched films that on a scene to scene or line to line level are much worse written. The, this has clearly been through so many like walls of notes. Executives yeah. would love this film. Every line has been punched up to be a zinger. Every bit of blatant, boring, inane exposition is hidden in a joke like there is nothing technically wrong with it. The major issues are that it's vile and that and, Cole and Hauser, just completely uninteresting. And, yeah, and, 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 that, and that Cole Hauser only works as like a parody of a movie star because he is because he just like is patently not a movie star. Well, and and do you, do you which is like which which is something that like Michael Mann like. Like w- w- when you watch Michael Mann's movies, he understands who is and who is not a movie star. Yeah. When, when you watch like Steven Soderbergh movies, he understands who is and who is not a movie star, and like what makes someone a movie star. And like Paul Abascal or whatever the, the name of his director is, just like does not get what makes someone a movie star. The entire fact that Cole Hauser is the star of this movie is the thing that gives it away as like a studio creation more than anything about it. He he is like an algorithmically generated movie star rather than one born of like natural ability or charisma or uh, like just any of the things that make a movie star. It is... um Last week we talked about Cinderella and and we found that phone call from James Corden about how he created that film to end his career by just clearly demonstrating how he just does not work in a modern entertainment context. Yeah. And and that at least was self-inflicted. 
there is something genuinely cruel to Cole Hauser, uh, uh, who I'm sure is like fine and like. I'm I'm sure like I can never remember him, but that means he's never been so bad I've remembered him. But he is so resolutely it is it is like a joke to cast him as a world famous charismatic movie star. It's yeah. genuine it's it, it is genuinely um and it, it it feels like an attack. It's it's horrific. So even though we read, even though we read out our, even though we read out our, even though we read out our top and bottom tens uh, last week, that is now uh, old news because uh, paparazzi has entered my bottom ten at uh, number one hundred eighteen slash number seven. So it, it is a uh, it is a one hundred eighteen from the top and seven from the bottom. This is, uh, I think, the uh, seventh worst movie we've seen for this podcast. Uh, what is it on is, either side is, of it? Uh, one higher is Cinderella, and one below is Mickey and Mo. So th- th- this has pushed Holmes and Watson out of the bottom ten. Deservedly so, is what I'll say. Then I join you uh, in in adjusting my bottom for paparazzi. Uh, a vile film with a dark heart uh, it, it is at number 122 beneath Blood Rain 2 Deliverance. Oh, wow. But above the test. Uh, Blood Rain 2 Deliverance is a, um, at least isn't pretending. Whereas this is, and the thing that, like, look at the, the, it is the film in my bottom 10, looking at it, it is the most competent. Yeah. In, in that, like, almost every other film in this, it is, you know, like Crash and Casino Royale and Kung Pao are films that are kind of like, like there's something wrong, <laughs> like there is something dark, like, or, or, or you know, they're broken. Mm. Or you're like Holmes and Watson, which is like one day we will find out. But like, like the amount of ADR in that film. (laughs) But like, this is just a film, and it is the fourth worst we've seen. Pushing out scent of a woman from the bottom ten, which seems fair. Uh, so yeah, that's what they say. Uh, and if they're so pissed off about it um i think that's great i think that is good news for the future of this film it'll have long legs they'll be talking about it in 2021 uh and i also got a good review back through the the time portal oh yeah Uh, it's from a social media platform called letterboxd we faced a bit of a problem when we're looking for positive reviews from the future to, to bolster our spirits from Letterboxd. We normally look for a five-star review, but looking yeah. across the five-star reviews, a lot of them really seem to be um, people committing uh, one of the most vapid acts, uh, which is uh, writing deliberately bad reviews 
or like jokey reviews saying that, you know, a bad film, even though we like it, is good. But we don't need that energy here. We're full of cocaine. And so it's a bit sad. But Dan gave us a three and a half star review. Oh, wow. It's pretty Dan. It's very short. But I think it shows that you have really, you will, you have and you will, will really express perfectly the moral of this film. The review is as follows. It really shows what parasites the paparazzi can be. Three and a half stars. That's the best review that isn't a joke. Uh, And I think that's great news. Uh, for us here at 20th Century Fox. That's great news for you, Mel Gibson's uh, thing. And now, I, are you happy with that? Because we got a game we play when we celebrate. And, I, I, what, 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 and what's that? I, on, I, w- I, just, I do really want to stress that, that we have sent a lot of people in the future to get five-star reviews uh, of films that we bad people make, and this is this we got reports back that this has genuinely been the hardest to find a high rated and eloquent, seemingly sincerely positive review of a film, which is great news for us at Twentieth Century Fox. Uh, so to celebrate, do you want to guess? Dan's top four films. Sure, I'd love to. Okay, one is a non-canonical prequel to RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show? No, no, no. God, that's too edgy. What's normie? What's the normiest drag you can think of? God, I love being normie. Uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. What are you, Finn? Do you want us to take the money away from you? I don't. We don't need so, to. Is hear. this some like it hot? No, cut. I like Dan's taste in films, and that is because all of them are from, you know, our perspective in two thousand and three, the very recent past, right? Like the past decade. Maybe a little more than that. And we should celebrate that. This is a real celebration of 90s and late 80s um, mainstream film. Which is what we love here. But there's a drag element to it? Yeah, yeah. Like... It's 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 a big visible drag element. Uh, uh, there's a very famous drag performer in the cast, but not as the lead because we wouldn't have we wouldn't have one of those guys no. uh, 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 as the lead. Um, who uh, let me let me just chuck some names at you. Uh, <clears throat> Martin Mull. Oh, I'm Martin. Yeah, Martin Mull, Sally Field, Mara Wilson. Um, it's a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
Little Miss Hilda? What other Mara Wilson, Wilson movies are there? There's, there's not, I mean, the stage show of Matilda that is yet to be released has drag in it. But no, this is, uh, okay, uh, um, This it's about, okay, we're all just guys here being dudes. And what is more annoying than when this film really speaks to me and me, the other youth, because we're both uh, fair weather fathers we're there for the fun, but never oh, there oh, for the work. Oh, right, okay. No, it, it's 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 Mrs. Delphire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, no. Uh, 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 the the Dan's next favorite film is oh, uh, it's it's a it's a great drama. It won a bunch of Oscars. It really speaks to the heart of. You know the what makes America great over over the past couple of decades. Uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, yeah. Got Tom Hanks there in the lead. He's the lead of another film here. And uh, uh, Sully. Uh, what is uh, what's that? Yeah, no, what's, uh, uh, what's is Sully? it uh, uh, is it a Castaway? No, 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 no. That that's too serious. This is this is a fun one, okay. uh, and it contains. <laughs> okay, uh, it contains just one of the most riveting and I think acceptable romances in all of film. Uh, big, yeah. Okay, and the last one. It's oh so god. Do you know? When people talk about my sense of humour, they they just call me so random. I'm just so I'm always saying uh, silly, uh, crazy things. And, and this film uh, for the nineties is the Good real fellas. is uh, <laughs> yeah yes yeah yeah <laughs> uh, 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 you got it ding ding no uh, is a real font of that. Like again, I've I'm I'm. I've I've moved from cocaine uh, uh, to ayahuasca. I'm clerks. going to say a random set of words. Snoochy booches. <laughs> he doesn't start saying that until more rats. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um. God. Hey. Hey. We keep trying to lure Kevin Smith over from Miramax, but I mean, who can forgive him staying there? Harvey. What a guy. Yeah. Harvey. Pe- Bob. Two, two, two stand-up dudes. I, I, I just, I really want to drive home that we, the people who make paparazzi, are, 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 as, are as close, a, close personal friends of Harvey Weinstein. Uh, oh, and, Eve. you know, we might be business competitors, but inside, there, there is a single <laughs> shared heart between, between the three of us. We are almost the same man. And... and also, I guess I just to be careful. I don't want to lie to you, Finn. I, I don't know Harvey Weinstein, and I like it. Might be potentially important to make clear that there, no one is alleging a direct connection. But I think the key thing to say is, is that paparazzi and the thoughts that lead to it are, are in the world. Because of people like Harvey Weinstein, we make work like this, and it supports him to do the sh- kind of shit he wants to do, which is great stuff that we 
endorse the people, you know? And even if not, it's a direct connection. It is a direct, there's a cultural connection. But no, uh, just, I'm sorry, I'm back on ayahuasca. I'm the other youth. So just to say a random set of words, but like this film it is is kind of nineties Deadpool in a way. Uh, is, is it a superhero movie? It is an adaptation of a comic, though that won't okay. be the first thing you think of. Yeah. And it, uh, like, no, okay, it's uh, uh, American Splendor. <laughs> uh, I've not, I, I, I've not heard of that film. I, I, I think it's yet to come out. And I'm anyway. Um, but no, 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 it, it, it is American Splendor, yes. Um, no, the, <laughs> uh, it, it is about someone who becomes superpowered, but even you wouldn't call oh, it a oh, superhero I'll, I'll film. tell you what, American Splendor came out 2003. Yeah, but it's an independent film, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> and also it was co-directed by a woman, so I refuse to keep oh, it in no. my mind. Uh, so it's kind of like, and he, he, yeah, he does amazing feats, this lead character. Mm. Uh, and he has like a magic object that gives him those powers, but you wouldn't call it a superhero film. Okay. Well, because in most superhero films, it, it inverts a core tenet. Why did we just do that hand gesture? It's 2003. Because <laughs> normally the superhero film is trying to stop someone else. But in this film, he's demanding that people stop him. <laughs> oh, it's uh, The Mask. <laughs> ding, ding. Uh, that's what I say. Those are uh, our top four films. And now I've got this... Um, uh, recording here of the 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 episode of shine and sound and we we need something to go to sleep to because it's been you know a million hours uh, of <laughs> yep. this incredible pitch meeting for a film that will change the world i like when when our films are great we can go like i guarantee you this will be a nathan rabin's my world of flops entry <laughs> um it, so I'm just going to play the outro to to that to to help us get to sleep, and right. so let us all just in a moment collapse to the ground <laughs> and sleep like so, like you know those little like puppet animals that you make move by pushing underneath. Sure, I I, I personally, uh, you, someone's going to push your off button. Uh, I, I personally am going to touch a cursed spindle uh, and then fall and, and fall into a deep sleep for for a hundred years. Great, I love it. Hey Finn, <laughs> Finn, hey Finn. Yes, yeah. The Finn, Finn, yeah. Finn. Hey, yep. Finn, Nicholas. what's going on? Oh, have we crossed five hours of recording yet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay because the entire first hour is unusable. <laughs> Look, whose fault is that? It is mine. <laughs> but there are nuggets down the mine, like in greed. <laughs> in that, inevitably, <laughs> I will kill a bird that represents hope. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Fucking hell.
Yes, you, you first. Oh, God. Where can people find you online? Uh, who gives a shit? But you can find the show on Twitter at ShitesoundPod or you can email us at ShitesoundPod at gmail.com. You can find us online at ShitesoundSound.com. Uh, and uh, we're, of, of course, available on all your podcatchers of choice. And if we're not, uh, let us know. Send us a tweet or an email. We'd love to hear from you. And if you like the show, which, like, I really... Oh, I don't know. I was going to say, I really hope you do. But, like, I hope you do. Yeah, like, I, I, like, I like the show. Yeah, like, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're doing important archival work here. Should, 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 like, another thing, these production meetings from 2003. <laughs> Yeah, this, this, this is this is groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> it was. I mean, what? I, you know, I, like, I'm, I'm I'm not surprised by the amount of cocaine they did, but <laughs> but like, but full. Oh, it it is a lot. <laughs> I do. I just. I think the thing to make clear is that we are clearly stating explicitly that that was a recording yeah we are calling that a work of journalistic fact yes uh, uh, ju- 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 uh, just like what is depicted in the film paparazzi <laughs> um uh if you like what <laughs> fucking hell it is uh, but if you like the show as much as i do uh, uh and uh, i i mean i i don't think anyone can like something as much as men like their own podcasts but any, any <laughs> sorry uh, uh if you if you like the show <laughs> give us a uh, give us a review tell tell your friends uh we're in acquired taste and it'd be lovely if more people acquired it yeah uh, and, and uh, i'm gonna say uh <laughs> Uh, really depending on how the edit goes uh, this might be a good one to start people on <laughs> Finn, what are we watching next week? Uh, next week we are watching Francois Truffaut's The 400 Blows uh, what, 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 one of the films that like introduced me to uh, what, what, one of the films that introduced me to art cinema uh, an important film to me that, that I love a lot and uh, with that I don't know what we're watching our theme song is The Nux by Kazam Blam you can check him out on Bandcamp movies are good uh, not paparazzi though like we do that we do do that joke a lot and I do I I feel like we have devalued it but we we must stress <laughs> we cannot we cannot it is so it's so it is, I mean, we just spent like two hours making this point, but like, there is no more festering a pile of rape culture, m- misogyny, and, and white male rage that, than, than that. Go watch them.
I just watched the uh, much recommended by Stuart Wellington movie uh, Night of the Demons the other night because it has just showed up on Shutter New Zealand. Ah, and yeah. uh, at the beginning of the movie, there's like an old man who's walking home and a bunch of like young tearaways drive past him <laughs> and like pelt him with abuse and stuff. Uh, and uh, he, yeah. he, 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 he drops his bag of groceries on the ground. And the, the camera like pans down, and he picks up a bag of apples and uh, and a carton of razors, and he's like, "Bill, get this! Bill, get this!" And then you 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 do do not see this guy for another hour and ten minutes. And then and, and then in the final scene of the movie, uh, it, uh, it, uh, after the night of the demons has happened, uh, and and the evil has been defeated or whatever. Uh, the 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 two the two survivors are like walking home, and you see him can like I tell getting you in. what I think you're going to say, and then can you okay. tell me? Does yeah. he come out of nowhere and offer them an apple, and do they happily take it? And then does the film end? Uh, no, it's uh, it's even better than that. Oh, so yeah. uh, he 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 he, uh, he he comes out to get his mail, picks it up, goes inside. <laughs> the two survivors walk off into the distance. Uh, he 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 sits he sits down to breakfast. And his wife uh, brings him a slice of of freshly made apple pie, <laughs> and and she's like, oh, oh, we had, okay. we had so many we had so many apples left over from last night. I just had to make a pie with them, and he and he starts eating the pie, and then after a second, he's like. Wait a minute, which apples did you use? And then it cuts in close on his throat, and you see his throat starts to pulsate, and then the skin erupts and a razor comes through it, and like blood shoots out everywhere. He falls face down in the in the apple pie, and then his then his elderly wife like totters out of a kitchen and just like looks directly into the camera and is like, Goodbye. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's so good. So, uh like obviously uh, Obviously sorry. that movie's a masterpiece. Yeah, obviously, but uh, we've been commissioned to remake it. Uh, we've been commissioned to remake it. And, well, and, there, 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 was, there, there was already a remake yeah, in 2006. Oh, oh called, you're right. Called Night of the Demons. That, 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 that's the one where Stuart talks about the actress Tiffany Shepard and her pumpkin butt. Okay. It, it and you're com- right. comes up or not on the early episodes of the Flophouse. It was, it was, uh, you're right. And since that film has been remade once, it will never be remade again. Oh, it was yes. also already a remake, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you've got me there. Yeah. No story has been told more than three times. Yeah. Uh, anyway. That's why there are only uh, three versions of Macbeth. Yeah. There's, there's Macbeth. the original. There's uh, the one Lady that Macbeth. I saw. Yeah, and then there's the one I saw in high school. And uh, that's yeah. it. Was that the Polanski one? Uh, no, no, it was a bunch of it was a bunch of kids from like from some local university in the theater department. They did like selected scenes from from Macbeth, where mm-hmm. their take on it was like, "What if uh, Macbeth was taking place in uh, modern day South Auckland?" And it was about yeah. like the mongrel mob or whatever. That, that, that's that was an interesting t- take. Obviously, we've had to cancel the remake, so I feel okay because our pitch was entirely based around the following a twist uh, on that ending scene, which is, you know, we trust the audience to remember that there are razors in the apples. And she's all like, I cooked an apple pie. We just had so many apples left over. And she puts the pie on the table and the husband uh, looks at the pie, licks his chops, get it, gets out a knife and fork, uh, ready yeah. to chow down. But he stops 
a light bulb appears above his head uh, and he looks over to his DVD shelf at his copy of American Pie. <laughs> Uh, and beginning to unbuckle his belt, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. we fade to black. 